Welcome back. Welcome back. We're, don't worry. We yeah. we didn't forget about yeah, you. Yeah, I know you guys are probably annoyed. We've been putting out so much content lately, um, yeah. but we're just going to yep. keep rolling with it. You know um, what? We'll just we'll we'll say that um, season one ended. Now we're on to season two. How mm-hmm. about that? Because that that would ex- that two. that's just right. our that's a good excuse for us not <laughs> doing anything for like several months. But uh, <laughs> that's the reason we're just getting ready for the new season, right, Gavin? Yeah. Yeah, we had to do a lot of prep for this episode. Um, planning wise, it was fifteen a minutes. Doozy. Yeah, especially with uh, Corona and everything, episodes have been hard to schedule. So please bear with us. Uh, but we have today Parsa and Sims, who I'm very excited. Introduce, to talk say to. a little something. All hey, right, hey. what's up? I am Parsa. I've been, I've been a long, I've been a fan of this podcast for a while now, and it's it's really Thank awesome you. to finally just be on here with. Uh, Sims, who, you know, I feel like both of us can talk about a lot of things, and it's like, I know Sebastian's, like, I love him, he's a good friend, and Gavin, you know, it's great to get to know you better, because Sebastian says so many good things about you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you know, so, I've just been excited, and then it's finally happening. Fanboying hard. (laughs) And, and, uh, I'm Sims Irvin. I'd like to say thank you very much to Gavin and Sebastian for having me here. And, uh, like I said, joined by my good friend, uh, Parsa Rizmani here. Let's just jump right into it. Uh, I know Parsa has some things about his living situation and his past to talk about. I know Mm -hmm. you lived in Costa Rica for, what, two years? Uh, yeah, almost two years. And actually, like, I would visit multiple countries in Central America, you know, uh, the first one I visited was Dominican Republic, a uh, really cool country. Um, the people there are, like, really nice because um, they almost have, like, they don't have much, so they have, like, a free sense of living, you know, and they're super nice. Like very free-spirited, is that what you're Exactly, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Is it the same way in Costa Rica? Uh, yeah, Very much so. Um, in Costa Rica, I'd spent a year there at a – I went – there for my entire fourth grade I spent time at this school who would bring in children from all over the world you know like Japan uh mm. China wow. uh, like everywhere do you have any do you I mean I imagine I mean it was fourth grade a long time ago but uh, do you have any sustained friends I do I do really yeah. well, are they from oh, wacky wow. places no he's from Mexico and I haven't talked to him in a little bit, but we're Facebook friends. Because, <laughs> uh, I mean, in fourth grade, I didn't have a phone, so it was really tough to kind of establish that. But yeah, his name's course. Santiago, and he's a really good friend. Like, he, he almost reminds me of Sims in a way, and he <laughs> looks pretty similar to Sims, too. But Mexican Sims? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mexican Sims. Uh, well, I assume that gives you a very like multicultural introduction to the world. I mean, oh, you're yeah. that young and being around people. Yeah, from how did that form globe. your your worldview a little bit? Well, I must say, like a bunch of kids that age don't even leave the state. You know? Yeah. It's like oh, trip to Beaufort or Myrtle Beach. Mm-hmm. But I I got to go like to countries around the middle east you know and south america so uh that kind of opened my view of the world and like i appreciate different cultures and languages and it really helped me speak spanish too how many countries did you visit and or spend time living in 
I mean, I spent the most time living in Costa Rica. I would say I went there for one year just over the summer and then mm-hmm. we'd go back a bunch. And then oh, okay. in fourth grade is when I spent the longest time. Okay, yeah. Gotcha. Which mm-hmm. was, yeah. Sorry, what's up? Well, oh, no, y- you have a question. I was about to say, like, what exactly, so, like, what exactly were you um doing? Like, was this just your family, like, choosing to move around and kind of go to these different countries? Or, like, was the, what was the reason? Okay, so my dad, you know, my dad's, like, a pretty smart <coughs> guy. You know, he'd always, like, I appreciate him because he gives me, like, he's he's very wise, but uh, a fatherly he, trait. Yes, <laughs> yes. And he's like, he's like, okay, Spanish is like an up and coming language, and I want you to learn it. And th- there's no better way to do that than to just submerge me into like the culture. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Immersion is uh, the best way. Even after a week in China, I mean, my Chinese was uh, much better. Probably yeah. improved as much in a week there than it would in six months just learning it in class. Yeah, it's true. Um, it's big time opportunities to speak to everyone, but I have been to Costa Rica. Um, yeah. the, the impression I get is that it, it very much thrives on travel and most citizens of Costa Rica are very committed to giving it that free spirited feeling so that if you come there, yeah, you're I just mean, kind of sucked into that happy culture. Their whole yeah. country's motto is Pura Vida. Pura right? Vida. Yeah. yeah. So and I, it's, it's, it's yeah. cool how they're all committed to that. Yeah. I will say when most people go to Costa Rica, they'll take a trip to like uh, more rural, rural areas. Like, mm-hmm. where where did you go? I was for at example? Playa Grande and Tamarindo. Okay. I went to surf. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. So pretty pretty rural. I've yeah, I've been to like I spent a lot of time in the city, and then I went close to the south of the border, uh, near Panama. You know, I've like been all over the country. I went to Costa Rica and I also went to Panama for I think really Pan- yeah yeah I stayed in uh I've what's the what's the city with that really cool looking building in the middle of it I forgot what the building's called but it's like it's like it like twists I think in Panama or Costa Rica in Panama I've I I couldn't tell you oh well it was really cool yeah <laughs> I mean I almost went to Panama uh this time during the summer when I was staying in Costa Rica but. Never ended up happening, but you know when most people go to Costa Rica, they they'll visit like again rural rural areas. But living in the city also gives you like another view of how life works, and it's it's pretty like it's simple life. Like uh, they operate on the idea of like oh I have a product that you want and I'll sell it, and trade just goes back and forth like that, and it's. It's pretty nice, actually. Mm. That sounds. I like the idea that it's just. It's like a lot more simple. I mean, because I mean, you know, I feel like uh, nowadays. I'm not. I mean, I'm obviously not saying like markets are a bad thing at all. They're of yeah. course not. But it's like that does sound pretty nice. Like just imagine living a life like li- being able to like live off the land, like farming, and then like trading with other people. Like, I, I feel like that way of life was a lot more simple. So are you are you getting at the like the idea that it's like here. Uh, <clears throat> we're so engrossed in the culture and it's easy to get flustered. But from what I understand, the culture like is kind of, it, it almost seems to me that the way you're describing it makes it seem like the Costa Rican, Costa Rican culture is like based around that, like 
the feeling of like a Costa Rican, like the like Pura Vida mindset. Right, right. right. Yeah. So it's easier to have that like ease of life because that's like the norm, right? That's yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Is that what you're it, saying? No, it is exactly what I'm saying. And like, they're, they're so relaxed, you know, like we'll have something broken in the house we need to fix and we'll call like the uh, engineer guy, you know, come check the house out and you'll be like, yeah, I'll be there. And he shows up like a week later. It's just so sl- it's so slow and like relaxed, and it's it's honestly pretty nice, you know. And I will say, like, the United States, for example, is like, you know, there's like the advanced market, you know, and then there's like the less advanced market, which Costa Rica has. They're like a third world country, right? Mm-hmm. So one of like it's so nice and free. And I'm not saying, like, again, like Sims was saying, the big markets are bad, but one of the side effects with, like, big markets is, like, you don't have that feeling of simplicity anymore. Right. And that's one of the advantages being a little bit more global-minded is what you don't get in America, you can go somewhere else and Mm -hmm. take part in. Um, Really understand that there is a difference. Yeah, and in the same way that a Costa Rican who has big business options um, aspirations would come to America and do it here. Someone who wants to go on vacation and really relax in America is probably going to go to Costa Rica. <laughs> yeah. Or, of course, um, if you want that to be a prolonged period of time, I think that's very admirable. I would do that because I enjoyed the culture so much. I didn't want to leave. Uh, it, it just, yeah, it rubs off on you so quickly. It's and a beautiful place. I, bet, yeah. I mean, there, I think also part of it is like similar to to Charleston, like, I think a lot, uh, I, I don't really know, but it seems to me that much, uh, like, a, a large chunk of the economy in Costa Rica is fueled by tourism. Definitely. So, yeah. like, similar to how here in Charleston, it's like, a, you know, on the carriage rides and the and the nice places downtown, they, they rope you in with uh, the whole southern charm thing. The history. It's the same thing that... I would assume it happens in Costa Rica where they rope you in with that really eased back mentality. Mm-hmm. It just makes you feel like you're a part of it, even though, you know, mm-hmm. you're just visiting for a week. Yeah. Some yeah. of the locals, you know, they didn't really like us intruding into their surfing territory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of the only conflict we had. But other, other than that, because we had a little guide, he was just the person who rented out the houses we stayed in and the little like bungalows. Yeah. He would always help us interact with the locals and he basically got us in wherever we wanted. It's it's good if you have one connection in a, a rural area like that, you're basically connected to the whole place. Yeah. yeah. Oh, because yeah. everyone's tied For together. Sure. Right. right. Know each other, yeah. Um but I wonder if like being there for a whole year in kind of some of the early moments of your character and emotional development, I would assume, has has rubbed off on you to this day. In any oh way. yeah. Well, I I was gone for a year, and I come back in fifth grade to like an elementary school which I had been for the other three years, and it was like really weird, right? And that kind of how so? Because like, I had been away from a lot of the people I had talked to, and there's also a lot of new people, so it was kind of like weird. It was like a whole new world, and that's and halfway through that year is when I went to Porter too. Okay. So. Was it I? Okay. So, just to clarify one thing, that there's a lot that happened just like when you said that just yeah, now in my a lot. mind. Let's break it down. It, it clicked <laughs> with me like 
the way that you describe a whole new world, I would imagine that to be uh, a whole new world as in uh, it's always kind of uh, always there's a lot of growth and development, especially in early years in elementary. And it always feels like you're going to a new, new world when you're going to the next grade. But like aside from that, you the new world aspect would be you were separated from your friends for a while. Yeah. And you developed uh, differently because you had access to a new approach or, yeah. or a new a new side of the world uh when you came back i imagine that i i mean i don't really know how much development happened but the my guess and tell me if i'm right or wrong is that when you came back i mean you you might not have recognized your former friends or yeah, like they or had even changed too. They yeah, had developed or, too. Yeah, or perhaps you or they didn't recognize you. you I mean, I imagine I had, you yeah. were especially alienated. You were the only one who had that experience. So yeah, right. That's a really good analysis. Yeah. So I guess then your options are kind of work your way back into the fold, which would probably be the smoothest thing as far as if you're gonna be going to middle and high school here, you might yeah. as well get it back involved with the culture of the people in your grade and whatever else, or you just continue going off on your costa rica trajectory yeah um which i think fifth grade is probably a little too early to do yeah (laughs) Yeah. some people who i guess stay that course Mm -hmm. um but yeah were there any like differences that stuck out to you or moments that you were like yeah like what's a big difference between like costa rican kids your age and like kids here i would say like kid costa rican kids are so tightly knit together it's like a closer kind of family idea, I guess. Mm. It's they like, don't have that big time independence yeah, kick. Yeah, exactly. Not like the American, like... And like American competitiveness, yeah. mm. like being super, like... It's just different. In so that you had sense. to deal with the feeling of... Feeling like the close-knit, very tight group of friends was the norm, and then coming back here and seeing a group that you were not close-knit with, but almost didn't have that value to bring you in. Yeah. Yeah. So... It, I, I imagine, I mean, I don't know how you felt, but that would make me feel ostracized. Did that make you feel that way? Yeah, I would say in a way. And okay, then, so, like, did yeah. that, do you think that that uh, perhaps could be linked to uh, <clears throat> how you sort of developed your identity? Because when you're, when you're ostracized, you're forced to introspect right because you're the only one around you there's no one else in your tight circle like in costa rica so the only person to to look at and to i mean not talk to but you know think to would be yourself so i imagine that that could uh potentially uh like speed up that process of you know building your identity and the person you are today i mean do you think that that had any significance? It it definitely does. You know, I I'd, I'd actually never thought about this deeply before. So, hmm. you know, like this actually like it's kind of crazy cuz I'm thinking about how I've developed now. So, and I definitely say what your your analysis is pretty spot on. <laughs> so, <Thank> I mean, <laughs> as well I as far as developing an identity, I have been thinking about it cuz some people c- kind of use their friends to give them their identity, yeah. which oh, yeah, is an yeah. easy way to do it. I mean, yeah, and that's fair. No, yeah. I mean, yeah. 
it you know usually if you're more extroverted you're around a lot of people and just your close friend group whatever their interests are you you follow that and then you kind of obviously have your own things always but you kind of get folded in there Mm -hmm. other people who are just a little bit more on the fringes will just kind of completely do their own thing and it's all it's more of a soul-searching internal quest always and that i was just listening sorry i'm wearing this Tyler the Creator oh, yeah. sweatshirt <laughs> yeah. thing, and I was just listening to the Dissect podcast on that, and it talks about how in um, oh, yeah. high he's school, a big big introspector. Yeah. He he yeah. big introspector, always away from the crowd, always trying to do his own thing, and he feels like it's a blessing and a curse because he's lonely, but at the same time, he feels like he's more himself than anyone else is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he always listened to rock music and would wear things that would get him called white boy by his friends, but yeah. at the same time. He feels like he's just doing what he wants to do. Yeah, and I, I think that's like Tyler Creator is probably like one of the strongest examples of that. Like what I was situation. Yeah, because yeah. he really has innovated in that field. He's he's single handedly, like or perhaps not single handedly, but almost single handedly carved out like his own genre of everything. He's got yeah, like his very, music's yeah. very different from anything else. Mm-hmm. He's he's not only a, a a rapper and a singer but he's a composer. And yeah. along with that like he the, has the, symphonies. Yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. The, the the like and his his brand Golfwag is really carved out a like a a very prevalent field of fashion now too. Where that's like based around that kind of mm-hmm. uh wave that he he started and i think that that was a good example of you know intense individualism mm-hmm. yeah yeah i will say like pe- uh, humans anything we do is taken from other humans before us right so like the that being said like our friends around us our parents you know people we see on tv we see them do something and if we like it we take that idea and implement it into our identity pretty mm-hmm. much yeah mm-hmm. yeah. yeah you have to work with the game though because we've set out over the course of history all these different ideas and if you have a new idea the way you get there is just by putting together old ideas in a new way oh yeah, yeah it's exactly all been, it's all pretty much been done before at because this point there's it, not much you can innovate. yeah if you just lay out infinite possible ideas that you can have you don't know where to start yeah and you're never going to get anywhere but if you as soon as you constrain it it actually gives you more room to work as soon as you realize that like there's only a certain amount of like ideas out there but you just can work with them in any way that you want that's the freeing part not that there's infinite ideas but that there's infinite takes on every old Mm -hmm. idea yeah it's like because that's kind of the thing. I mean, every single person from all their different kind of experiences look at things differently. And it's it's kind of not about how can I do something new, but it's like how can I maybe like take something and then do it my own way? Because it's like it's very, very difficult to create something that is 100% not been done before and yeah. unique. Mm-hmm. And I think that's some of the big appeals of a guy like Alex Jones or a bunch of conspiracy theorists because – they're taking, you know, and it's it's a little bit it's a little radical fun to yeah. like jump on that train of thought and be like, oh yeah, conspiracy. I was I was always pretty it's, interested in them. Yeah, because you're taking the idea of like 
careful. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'll use chemtrails as as an example. Okay. I, obviously, I'm not endorsing Alex Jones. It's mm-hmm. he's yeah, not a fun we're not, guy. Very we're bad not dude. <laughs> endorsing wild. First thing that popped into my head, is we were talking about the Joe Rogan Alex Jones thing before the podcast. Okay. Uh, just but, to clarify. Okay, go on. Sorry, um, but. Yeah, chemtrails I'll use as an example because you, you take the idea of like, oh, what are those things that come out of the back of jet liners? And then you you think of like government control mm-hmm. and you're like, let's attach those two and see where this takes us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which is fun to think about, but then you're like, okay, it obviously has a better explanation. It's a fun thought experiment. But That's what like, it is. You know, you're playing around with a new idea. It's yeah. cool. People that get mm-hmm. all in on conspiracy theories, then it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. If your whole life and worldview is built around just random ideas you yeah. had about government yeah. control. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hold I, on. Just I know that we're about to like launch, launch off in. into conspiracy bill. <laughs> it's gonna be but, big. But before we do that, I, I like I wanna bring it back to uh the concept that I, I don't rem- I think it was Sims brought up that uh everything you understand uh and the ideas that you have come from ideas that have been thought in the people before you. And I think that that is a good transition point because we thought uh, we were talking about this before the podcast about uh, how par- Parsa, do you have a different family dynamic because of your Iranian parents? Uh, I mean, y- yes, I do. So, I mean, I'm not as close to my parents as I would like to because, you know, they're always like, okay, do good in school, do good in school, do good in school. And that's just kind of the way Middle Eastern parents work. And you always hear that with, like, the whole Asian stereotype thing, too. Uh, and, you know, it's it's definitely, like, it's really tough sometimes. Because if I don't do as, like, well as they'd like, they'll be like, Okay, well, you should you should have tried you should have studied a little more, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, and yeah, I think that. Yeah, I I understand what you're saying, but also, I, is there something that's like, <clears throat> that's particularly differentiating about that? Because I mean, I think that it's a pretty common theme up up among people at Porter, particularly to have yeah. parents who put a lot of pressure on them. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, well, that's that's not even like an Iran. That's like a lot. Of, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. But, you know, it's not, it's, that's just one part of it. Another, an interesting part of it is definitely, like, food at home. You know, like, my mom will cook, like, some Iranian food, which uh, is, is really tasty, right? And then there's also, like, uh, different, you know, just Iranian things, I guess, so. Just Iranian Just Iranian things. (laughs) You know, uh, there's, like. There's Iranian music, you know. My mom will blast mm-hmm. sometimes, and I'll be like, "What is this? This is garbage. Turn it off." Mm-hmm. And then I'll be like, "Listen to Kanye." You know? <laughs> yeah, she'll be right. like, "She'll be like, no, Kanye." You gotta engage with your heritage, man. I know, yeah, <laughs> it's all. Yeah, no, I I don't like I don't like the Greek music on my <laughs> side, but yeah, um, the food the food is awesome. I love the food part. Yeah. Um, like you know, for example, uh, Mrs. Passanella's fav- uh, famous mozzarella. Shut, shut up. <laughs> I, I love them so much. I get them at every restaurant. The Italian yeah. cooking expertise. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, but uh, as far as the grade, the focus on grades, I I get that that's the stereotype, and it's true for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but I, I feel like 
that is the reaction from a lot of Porter Goud students or just American kids who feel like their parents are always on them about yeah. their grades. It's like, well, all parents are like yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. But there is there is a difference, or I assume there's a difference when you okay, talk about yeah. it. Here's, a, here's actually something I just thought of. My dad is like, okay, he came he came here with nothing, right? And from nothing, he became a doctor, right? Wow. And he's like, okay. Did he I, speak English when he came? Yeah, his dad, during the war in Iran, his dad, like, sent him to Britain with, like, pretty much nothing, you know? And then mm. he went to high school there, and then he came to South Carolina, to, and he went to the College of Charleston and then MUSC. And then he's like, okay, I came here on literally nothing. And, you know, just because I have struggled, so, and I and I want to make an opportunity for you. And he's like, I'm giving you, like, as much as I can, so I expect you to do greater things than as I did. As much as you can, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the reason I think <coughs> immigrants almost drive the American spirit more than anyone else. Yeah. yeah. Because... When you immigrate and you see America as the kind of old-fashioned land of opportunity, Mm -hmm. as they would call it, your only superior goal is to make the absolute most of the time you have in America and get everything you can out of it. And so, obviously, you pass that on to your kids. You want It's not just, oh, kids should make good grades, but if they don't make good grades, they're wasting their time. No, yeah. Yeah. You you want the... You want like, I I understand what from what I understand would be like you want the uh, American ideal to be uh, reflected through your kid. You don't only want to come to the land of opportunity. You want to maximize the opportunity that you can create exactly. for your kid. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we could argue about how much opportunity really exists, but yeah. obviously, you look at stories like your dad, and you know, there's something there. That is a little bit inspiring, or a lot inspiring. No, it's you're quite like, well, inspiring. It, I think it that's definitely amazing. can be done. Yeah. yeah, it definitely can be done. Yeah, I hear like stories. My dad and his friends came here. I think it was five friends. It's like living off of cold beans <laughs> for like a week <laughs> or something. And I'm, I'm not. It was that crazy, you know. And like they'd go get a job at like McDonald's or something. And they rented a house so for the five of them, so they all have to pitch in, you know. And, I mean, that's just really crazy to think about. And But something I will say is uh, if my, my dad, you know, providing me great opportunities, and I will take them, and I will do my – I'll try my hardest, right? Um some something interesting to think about is you know hard times make hard workers right yeah hard workers create easy times and easy times create not so hard workers and then that's when it goes downhill right mm-hmm. but and i'm not saying that you think that's d- inevitable this is that's that's tough that's a tough question no i don't think it is i because there are uh, there are certainly people who who grow up with pretty uh, substantially easier lives than others, like yeah. objectively have better circumstances than other people. Yeah, and they're and still, still successful. are wildly exactly. successful and hard workers. I mean, I think we're the perfect example. I mean, we're, I mean, 
I don't know. We're still in high school. We're still in high school. Yeah, but like I'm saying, I think Gavin is what I'm trying to say. I think Gavin is the perfect example because Gavin. Yeah. I mean, Hmm. you, we, we've come up pretty good. Mm -hmm. You know, we go to Porter your whole life. Very thankful for yeah the opportunities I had. And even though you you had like a a pretty nice route into school and stuff it's not like you took it for granted you take like all ap classes mm-hmm. that's like ridiculous so i you know i think that yeah. that has some truth to it but there's always exceptions to the rule yeah there, there, there's always it's like the there's the, the individual component like i i just have like or at least have had a certain drive about me for a pretty good while i mean sometimes more more so than others you have yeah. the intellectual curiosity and i just you know i want to do do things but you know for people who are different that they don't feel that way then that's just like a personality thing and not always like exactly oh they're not you know they're not making the most of their life or it's just you know they have different things that fulfill them more yeah um but the culture sometimes when it's hard the times are hard forces people to really just care about succeeding and making things better out of necessity yeah. Even if their personality may go against it. And that's one of the things that Corona kind of thrusted a lot of people into yeah. is because it's such a tragedy and such a terrible thing and people feel like times are hard. I've seen a lot of people, even at our age, get really into like the grind. Yeah. Wake up every day. Cold shower. Cold beans. You know. Yeah. Cold beans. Cold beans. <laughs> cold beans diet. And that, it's it, it's had an influence, and I think it could be a positive thing for our generation, especially it young is. kids that are growing up. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's a very negative thing yeah. now, but two, later two on, two sides of the coin, mm-hmm. always. But it's a yeah. big, like it's a big event. I've seen a lot of people compare this almost to like the Great Depression, almost in a way. For mm-hmm. instance, like my grandparents grew up kind of like a bit after that era, but it was still like around time of World War II in that era where it was very heavily emphasized like you need to eat all of your food. It's like, you know, need to make room for rations, like, and we need to make sure that resources are going to, like, soldiers at war. And so, for instance, like, my grandfather on my dad's side, like, when he was still alive, like, whenever he would eat, he would literally, like, he would take forever to finish him. Of course, we wouldn't rush him, but he had to finish everything that was on his plate because it had been instilled into him to kind of, like, to not waste food and not be wasteful. And even as, and he heavily like practiced stuff like recycling and stuff like that like to him it gave him a big perception of what it was like you know like you need to conserve like what you have and be i guess like efficient you know you Mm -hmm. know have that sense of responsibility and duty yeah yeah all the time and i was gonna say something now i forget it go ahead oh would you say that uh that idea or, or that idea of like uh the rationing and uh, things like that, like because it was instilled in him, and it was something that he just always practiced. Uh, would you say that that, in some way, gave him a purpose? That like uh, we were talking about finding purpose earlier, and I think it correlates quite nicely. Mm-hmm. That because he was forced to be a hard worker, or mm-hmm. I, I mean, in that regard, yeah. Uh, you, that's kind of a strange terminology for you know but finishing could, a plate and recycling. Could, but, but that could lead into something that I yeah. could say on that. No, yeah, you, 
You see what I'm saying? But yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so no, yeah. Do you think that that correlates? Do you think that he found purpose in that, you know, uh, not being wasteful kind of mm-hmm. mentality? I definitely think it does because another big thing about him was I think his his father passed away when he was about nine years old. And basically he was just left with his mother. And then, you know, for basically all of his young life, he had to work a lot of like hours on job making money so he could go to school. His mother, I believe, may have had to work two like multiple jobs, I think, two to try and get him into um, like med school. And then he, he had to work very hard academically and then also, you know, in the workplace to make money mm. and also provide for his family because he didn't have like a big father figure. You know, so do you he think went that like that, that is, also correlates. Correlation. I also think it would because they probably he also had to like conserve the food they have. That's quite also because he didn't have a father to provide when so, he was very young. So is that on your mom's side or your dad's? dad? My okay. Dad. So was your grandfather then? Was he a influential character in your life? So? Most definitely, I okay. would. Yeah. Okay. Most definitely. So, uh, did he? Okay. So then, what do you think was? the biggest lesson or the the greatest thing that you uh, have taken away from your grandfather i would say and how is like, it reflected in yeah, your life i would say that a lot of the values that he also obviously instilled in the and then my father like obviously relate to me but like talking to him directly he really and also leading to something else talking about him but he very much taught me to to be respectful he taught me a lot of manners from a young age he told me he said yes ma'am no ma'am yes sir it correlates no, ma'am. with the whole uh we were talking about this before <laughs> the podcast actually uh i was i was uh i i always kind of am in awe of how if you've ever met sims you know how like he's just such a genuinely nice person no, far too kind you're far uh, too kind but <laughs> i i i like something about that mentality just it always almost confused me because like i as much as i would love as much as i strive to be that nice i just i can never really do it and i i thank you i I think that uh from what i understand it seems like that that correlates with uh you know your grandfather Mm -hmm. teaching you manners Mm -hmm. uh does it yeah it does thank you and like it's i remember um i think what had happened was you know he made it through school and then he served in the army for a short amount of time. I think what he did, he was like a range instructor. So, you know, he's teaching people how to use firearms in mm-hmm. the military, mm-hmm. which was also, you know, I think ties in with how very orderly he was. It's mm-hmm. just, it kind of, it was very fascinating because to me, he was like a jack of all trades. Like, you know, he had gone into the military and then he ended up being a surgeon for many, many years. It was just so fascinating because when I see people in the military, Oftentimes, you know, you you get either people that are very, like, easygoing, you know, like, you see it with a lot of, like, you know, like, the grunts, like, the guys that are, like, the Marines, like, you know, on the front lines, like, a lot of time, they're very easygoing, and then, like, you also sometimes, like, have your officers, maybe, that are a bit more, like, strict, like, if you go to the Citadel, and I guess you see some of the staff, a lot Mm. of them are very orderly, it's like, you're two minutes late, and then boom you're you're right. doing push-ups or something it was fascinating because he was very orderly and you know he had a good sense of discipline but he was one of the most kind people i had ever met like mm. he just it was weird because he had this perfect balance between like of discipline but like he was also very forgiving 
And I think that that gave me like a good sense of like what was right and wrong. That's a that's a great father figure, and that's honestly I I think a lot about masculinity and how yeah. it's changing. And those are two components that tend to be the good parts. Yeah. If you can be the gentleman at the same time being you know the orderly disciplined yeah. guy that gets things done mm-hmm. and provides it, that's always kind of been the culture yeah um and at least like the good aspects of it throughout history yeah um and i can speak to that i'm i'm interested in going to the naval academy and i've visited there yeah. uh, many times and that's definitely how they treat things um especially with the more orderly component discipline component of everything yeah. everything is a routine everything is kept in order and i'm 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 wishing they stressed the politeness be a gentleman yeah or you know a gentlewoman sort of dynamic more because i think it's equally as important to to balance those mm-hmm. two yeah. sides and you know yeah. politeness is is a personality trait that I'm sure you built up from your childhood and being taught all of that. I'm wondering if you feel that you're polite on the surface, but are always <laughs> thinking like, like you're like, yes, ma'am, but deep down, like, I don't want to do Somet- that. <laughs> Sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes, I must say. Does um, that take a toll on you if you ever like that? Like, um, do you ever have to like release that in s- some way? Sometimes, yes and no. Like It's one of those things, Like, I guess... It's it's almost like I, I feel like I personally balance between okay like I don't know how to describe it but I'm not gonna lie for a while in my childhood I got in trouble a lot in fact fun fact we didn't say this yet but Parsa and I went to O'Quinn School in um, kindergarten so you know we had known each other a good couple of years very very close friends and then we had split apart and obviously like he said when he was in Costa Rica this was before we had phones I had no way of keeping up with him so I probably didn't see him for about 10 years it was literally I was like five didn't see him again until I was like what 14 15 freshman year so like that was kind of like that was interesting but then um and he changed so much yeah, exactly. After that yeah. Costa Rica trip, he was just <laughs> yes, sir. all he wanted to do was sit around and serve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you, like you said, with does that like take a toll on you? I would say maybe no, but there are definitely times where it's almost taught me just kill him with kindness is what my mom always tells me. She kind of mm-hmm. says like sometimes i mean i guess it ties back to the whole yeah. optimism thing I, yeah like i try usually i will try to take the best out of situation like just think my mom heavily has been an influence on me in that regard of my life like she, I, you know like my dad like it's weird because he he goes back and forth from being like very laid back and then like fun loving and then there are times where it's like he'll do something like then he'll be a little more strict and then pars is nodding his head because he probably knows that exact same feeling but it's like um Sometimes it's like if I'm not doing well in school, my dad will be kind of like on me. But then my mom is very considerate. Like, she, you know, she'll like hug me and she's like, it, it's okay. There's always like next time. Mm-hmm. And it's really taught me kind of like keep your head up, keep going. Because it's like especially yeah, right now in quarantine. I mean, yeah. I think that that's a, a very important foundation. That's a, a like that's something that my dad has always said is uh, no matter what uh, – if you get mm-hmm. kicked off the horse, the only thing you can do is to get right back on. Yeah. Uh, he always says that every time that there's any sort of, uh, yeah. if I'm in any sort of trouble at all, 
he always says, the only thing you can do is get back on the horse. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it, as far as parenting goes, those are kind of two big things that yeah. need to be balanced as well. Exactly. Bringing us back to kind of the balance thing we were talking about because – you can either take the role as the kind and encouraging parent, mm-hmm. kind of pushing them up, yeah. or the parent that's like, okay, you need to get this done. Good cop, you bad cop. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. If yeah. you can, and usually what will happen is you'll take the one that's opposite of whatever your partner is to try and make sure mm-hmm. um, there's a the, counterbalance. The there's a balance. Both, yeah. Uh, both of those things. And um, actually, I'm wondering if, if you perceive that dynamic with your parents at all. Or what the difference is, maybe because we were talking about well, earlier. Well, I, I will say, like my dad, like Sims was saying, is either really laid back or he's like, you need to get this done. And there's like the whole idea. He kind of has both in one. Yeah. yeah. You know, so, but he's, I, I definitely say my dad is, uh, the majority of the time, he's like, you need to get this done. And my mom's like, uh, very like uplifting. Yeah. Uh, accommodating, I guess, mm-hmm. if I'm like not doing as well as they expect me to. So mm-hmm. I would definitely say that. And back to this is just a side note. I just was thinking of back to like the hard times thing. Uh, our parents are paying Porter okay. to create a <laughs> to to create. Sorry, there's just like the loudest sirens Freaking ever for no reason. <laughs> Uh yeah, but uh, our parents are paying Porter to create a tough experience for us, right? Academically, and of course, it's not like we have really easy lives compared no, 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 to. I'm, yeah, I just to clarify, I don't think that Parsa was saying, yeah, our parents pay us to be in torture chambers all day. Yeah, no, not at all. No, I'm, this is something I'm grateful for, because you know they they're pushing us, you know, yeah. to become yeah. great. Of course, yeah. So, like, that's something I appreciate. Just like you were saying earlier, it, like, uh, it coincides with the whole notion of uh, <coughs> hardship creates hard worker. Yeah. They're, they're, they're keep our parents, I guess, realize that, and they're keeping us on top of it with their hard-earned dollars. And, right? that's, and that's one of the things that happens when you recognize your privilege. And this is actually something Mr. Greenwell says. It's like, yes, we're privileged, but the best thing to do is to use that privilege for good, not throw it away. Yeah. And that's what I think most of our parents would endorse as well. It's like, they're not going to not send us to Porter Goud because they think it's a shame to have privilege. They're going to send us and hope that we make the world a better place. At least if their mind is, they would certainly not be maximizing opportunity if they decided to not send us to high school. (laughs) Exactly. I'm just going to, I'm going to get rich, give, (laughs) <laughs> Most of my money to charity, give like 1% to any offspring or anything or children yeah, I have. <laughs> anything offspring. that yeah. comes yeah. from yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm just. My hamster. I'm, and then I'm just. <laughs> 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 and then I'm just yeah. going to go off the grid and go enjoy Walden the rest Pond of my time. kind of deal? Yeah, just like, just leave. You're gonna, no, oh, be, okay, be okay, like, okay, okay. All right, it's time to enter the conspiracy zone. Yeah, we, oh. you gotta go we dropped the Easter egg earlier, and, and now I think it's time to crack that bad Okay, okay. hold on. I just w- <laughs> want to get into it a little bit, because we were talking about this last night, about this yeah. uh, he, that Walden Pond notion really uh, sparked something. Uh-huh. That he, well, well, 
from okay, so I'm gonna try and spit it back to you. Yeah. And then you tell me if I got it right, and then I okay. want you to refine the details and really flesh okay. it out. Because I think this is a really interesting but, theory. Yeah. But before we even jump oh, into God. this, be very careful. Be <laughs> <laughs> okay. And by Disclaimer. the way, everything from here on out, uh, when this Parson, is theoretical. When, this no, is yeah, theoretical. when Parson told me this, I really thought that it, uh, like, I really thought nothing more. But that's an interesting thought experiment. What a strange world outlook. But uh, so okay, what I got from what you told me is that <laughs> it's like a whole kind of stick it to the man notion. The, that there are trillionaires who okay, are unknown. Okay. No, no, oh, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. All right, Alex Jones. Is, okay, <laughs> before, you, before you jump in, we got you got to give the metaphor of, okay, so we live in a society. <laughs> 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 My favorite metaphor. No, okay. Yeah, but we, you so get we. get what you deserve. Yeah. Get what you freaking deserve. God, oh my God. Okay, and anyway. We we're like gears in a machine, right? Yeah. We work jobs and we keep our countries running, right? Like yes. and mm-hmm. and the United States specifically, I can think of this, is designed to like guide us in career paths that the society needs, right? Mm-hmm. So and that's when you have like colleges and like college counseling, whatever, just mm-hmm. like seeing what you want to do and what you're good at. And that's part of the system is like you being you as a gear, I guess, being put into the machine where it, where you need to be put so the system can keep running. And as Sebastian, like you're talking about, uh, like I was saying, the people who run the machine. Yeah, there's people who own this machine, right? <laughs> Like unknown. It's it's not the invisible hand of the markets. No. <laughs> but it's it, a personified. Like yeah. <laughs> it's a group of secret trillionaires. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, people with enough power and money that they can pay politicians to pr- say messages or do whatever, right? And you know, I was Ice Cube, you know posted a picture on his twitter this is this is yeah this is what i the image i think of and it's a bunch of rich dudes right playing monopoly stacked on the back of people right like the people are people are forming the table that they're playing monopoly on Mm. and that's just crazy to me it's uh it's like that picture that was uh the early communist like i wouldn't call it propaganda but yeah when communism was just becoming a thing there's yeah. that picture if you had the ways of the world textbook yeah. that has like all the people holding up and yeah exactly like the levels <laughs> and i'm not i'm not saying i'm communist right you know i the system in some ways is good because there is that sort of idea of opportunity because if you can beat the system you can make enough money and you can get out of the system you can just leave right if you want to mm-hmm. and if not then you grow up you you know, start a family, and then your children will continue the system, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's just how that works. I feel like that's something like Elon Musk. He almost like beat the game, and he now did. he just he like did. doesn't know what to do with it. He, he doesn't. No, he yeah, he's kind of. He promotes weird conspiracies too, though. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. he's just all over the place. He's now. at the top of the world. Think of okay, think of where Tesla was. Just Elon Musk's entire brand as a whole. 
all the things under him, SpaceX, Tesla. Think of where he was 10 years ago. I remember he had a cameo in Iron Man 2. Very oh, off right, topic. Right. Obviously, his brand had exists at this point, and he was doing well. But just think of how far he has come ever since he like unveiled like the Model S, like Tesla. It's just, you see him everywhere. It's like he's been one of the biggest like leaders in technology. It's like man built a freaking flamethrower and sold it commercially. He, he's building reusable rockets. Now there, I mean, months ago there was first commercial like space flight that he commenced. And then now you're seeing all these like Tesla's everywhere. I must say though, he, he's very also well connected with a lot of the culture. You look at him on Twitter. He's dudes posting like memes. He's literally, He's a yeah. math, He's a genius. I mean, he's he's gotten exactly. He, he has to. He has to stay in tune with the culture because yeah. his entire brand, as far as I can tell, mm-hmm. is making the future cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. he's trying to push for what's to come. But he said all of these electric cars are lame. But we need <laughs> people to start going to electric cars. I'm gonna make them cool and make them a status symbol. Yeah. And he's trying to do that with a bunch of different things. Mm-hmm. But uh, so. It necessitates literally looking at memes all the time to see what people think is cool. So where does that what? fall into society? I kind of okay. took, I I took that off course, kind yeah, of sorry, just talking I, about Elon. Yeah. Like, my just, apologies. Just but an, yeah, just another quick Elon the notes theory. with the memes. Like, the what was the price of the Cybertruck? Like 426.9 or something? <laughs> like, it's just stuff like that, right? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, here's where, here's where this theory gets really controversial. And... Keep in mind, this is just a theory, and I'm keeping it as as friendly as possible. So I don't. We're not gonna have to edit this out, probably. <laughs> so I'm scared. Uh, <laughs> no, d- I, I'm keeping it as friendly as possible. Right. So I believe that when the owners of the machine, when the machine is not doing as well as it once was, the economy is kind of getting whatever. You know, and I'm and the United States is fantastic. You know, I love this country. You know, um, there's a lot of problems going on, but I still love my country. Uh, anyway, when there's another ma- like another machine that seems to be doing well and seems like it's going to do really well in the future, it, the owners of this machine begin to see that machine and become like, oh, why don't we just invest in that? So. China is very powerful, right? They they're very they're very smart. They the Xi Jinping, the president, he like they're they're geniuses, mm-hmm. and they they're the way the people work. You know, they're hard workers. Like uh, voice Thank crack. You. Now yeah. now China can be played. Now somewhat genius can be played in China. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, I mean, square. that's the historical culture of China. They've always had the bureaucracy, right. the civil service exam. So the way to get up is to be exactly. smart and be part of the government. And, I, and I, yeah, and I'm not saying bad or good. I'm just saying that's how it is. So investors are attracted towards that, right? So uh, they're moving their money from the United States to China, investing in China. And there's this video of this ex-KGB guy, and he basically says, yeah, we have uh, Soviet operatives in the United States, and the best way to bring a country down is from within. Mm-hmm. Not attacking it, not any, just from within. And that's kind of what's happening right now. You got one side, which is like, 
extreme leftists, you know, there's uh, that, and then there's extreme right people. And then you got uh, you got Donald Trump and Joe Biden. And, you know, people always say, like, oh, the Soviets tampered with the election. And then there's also, like, the whole thing, like, oh, mail-in ballots, like, with Biden. And you can't, to me, you can't believe one without the other, right? So, I I believe both of them could be true. This is all this is all three this is all theoretical, right? So the Soviets got in Trump, super controversial guy, and that would set up uh, the bad guy for the left, right? Mm-hmm. And then again, they get in Biden with the mail-in ballots, and that would set up the bad guy for the right. And there's these media sources that pump out so much stuff right and whether it's true or not right it, people will to just get you to hate the, the other, other side, side. Yeah, exactly <coughs> and it works so well it's 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 baffling i'd like i hate politics so much because of this i'll see one of my friends who's like far left and another one of my friends far right and they're just going they at it they can't be in the same room yeah <laughs> it's without, the worst it's horrible and you know that ex-KGB guy like it's working the country is very weak right now mm-hmm. it's very vulnerable yeah. and it's not in a good state lord i hope it was a trump phenomenon that blipped and is going to go back to normal but who knows cuz biden it's a bit promising i liked his inauguration speech a lot um that he was talking about unity mm-hmm. i know it's a long road and everyone's like well he's talking about unity there's no unity yet. It's like, okay, it's day two. Yeah. Let's be patient. But I, I do like that that's the core message. No, yeah, I mm-hmm. definitely agree with that. I think that, um, I mean. Sorry, I I'll, don't want to get also, too political. Yeah, yeah this I, is not a political. Okay, I'm not going to take a political stance at all, honestly. I don't care about your politics, and I don't want you to care about mine, all right? Yeah. This is not politics, a political show. Yeah. But all I have to say is whoever is in office, I don't care who it is. If they can make people stop talking about politics and if they can make people oh, stop yeah. hating each other, please, I support them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's yeah, it. Exactly. And I think that if you're interested in looking up what that was, I believe it was under the name like Operation Perseus, that whole KGB agent that was kind of discussing like Russian sleeper agents that were within the country. But like what with Barca was saying, he was saying it's like it's a very slow process, but it's a very effective means of dis- like destroying a country. He said it takes like 10, 15, maybe 20 years. And I think right now, even if there are no sleeper agents in the country, I think regardless whether that people are, are liberal or conservative or, cons- you know, like Republican, Democrat, I think we should all be trying to like focus on hearing each other yeah hearing each other exactly because it's like we all have like maybe reasons we dislike the other candidate but i will say this i'm not like i said i'm not going to take a political stance and obviously it's like whoever is in office it's like i think it's just like we need to be respectful and obviously you know if you have your concerns or things you don't like about them then make your voice heard but i do think it's one of those things like we should you know I have guess a basic give, respect yeah, for Yeah, exactly. We I mean, should give a respect towards the president because I obviously like have my own personal like views in politics, but for whether when it was Trump is off in office and then now Biden's office like I think it's just best to 
su- support the president and we just need to do all that we can. I think that people need to make an effort just to Love be respectful because, you know. The youth in government motto, debate ideas, <laughs> not people. I mean, right. you know, you can think of it as people have ideas. So if you have a bad idea, you're a bad person. It's almost a better way to think about it. I think Carl Jung said it. Ideas yeah. have people. Yeah. It's just they that's what they're yeah. subscribing to at the moment. I think it, Jung yeah. did say that, yeah. It doesn't mean that they're bad at heart. So I yeah. think a lot of we've gotten really off course with calling everyone names and not yeah. actually debating yeah. the ideas that are going on. Yeah. Exactly. I also think not to I I'm sorry, I've been obviously everyone's kind of been into politics for the past mm-hmm. of course year how could you not be you're right. it's it's raised the consciousness a little yeah. bit yeah and i think that that insurrection rebellion moment uh yeah that's been, been yeah could have been a wake-up moment for a lot of people yeah yeah even uh, especially on the right uh to yeah. see okay that was too far there is a line and we need to stay yeah. united um I, yeah i think the United States is at, is at a very vul- vulnerable position, right? Yeah. And people just need to realize that we need to save our nation. We need to come together. We need to get the investors yeah, to come le- back. Yeah, le- <laughs> yeah, left, left, and right. We need to get everybody together, right? Just you. forget, just put everything aside for a minute. Realize that we're all humans. We're all Americans, and we need to we need to join together, right? Work together. And so you think the investors? Are trying to or abandoned us to go yeah. for China, and then it kind of left us because to, yeah. the, to the waste. Because different countries are like different markets, and uh, like similar to how, like you know, how like Wendy's sometimes on their Twitter, yeah, like, or talks, roast <laughs> McDonald's, <laughs> yeah. roast McDonald's. It's like Russia is trying to make themselves seem more appealing yeah. by, you know. Yeah. deterring america and again yeah. i'm not saying i believe this at all because I, if this take, gets taken thing. out of context i don't like it this is a conspiracy it's a fun thought experiment just that's it yeah my if yeah just again this is this is all theoretical it's it, i don't yeah it's discussion and another it's also a good way to um get people a little thinking. more interested in global politics yeah. so if yeah. this is a way to pique someone's interest and then get them to think about the issues in the world i think that's actually yeah. a good force so yeah, yeah. i'll keep it in yeah <laughs> i agree i agree i agree i think this, no, okay. this is quality. yeah this is- the, now this next part is even a little more controversial all right <laughs> 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 now now be prepared okay. to maybe cut this yeah. oh dear anyway so there's like so china's if this is so the coronavirus right this, oh, that's dear. a that's a whole nother thing that's weakening the United States. It's it's not even just the United States. It's the whole world, right? But you know, like a deeper part of this conspiracy theory, which again, it's just a theory. I don't believe this, uh, but I'm just bringing it to the table. What if the coronavirus was fabricated to cause this <laughs> confusion on purpose? I mean, I think it's an interesting. Idea. Okay, but that's all. That's all I'm gonna say. All right, we're le- okay. We're, you know, we obviously this podcast is a lot of influence from like Joe Rogan, and yeah. again, like Joe Rogan does, whether you believe the idea or not, which again, it's none of us believe. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna put the idea on the table it's a because everyone deserves it. a platform. Because it's it's just fun to talk about. It's it's. I think it's one of those things where it's like, like we said, whether we agree with it or not, it's like it's different it's out there it's kind of fun to talk about and one thing i think that just in general also before like going into this is like it's very good that people like people need to keep an open mind 
I think people these days are way too close-minded. Yeah. They kind of stay in like a, a safe zone and don't branch out. Well, it could it's be a like, product of the internet um, because yeah. it, as soon as you find an idea that you like, it's very easy to yeah. just watch as much and yeah. hear as much that reinforces and reinforces it, yeah. and it kind of just digs you into it, a hole. Algorithm yeah. is just fuels you. It doesn't fuel yeah. other ideas yeah. being pushed and to so you. So by the time yeah. you hear a new idea that may have been just as compelling to you a year ago – You've already had a year of absolute bombardment yeah. of yeah. one of brainwashing. Yeah, yeah, basically. I guess what I'm trying to get at here is like, how can we attain world rest, world peace, a stable world? If oh, we well, that's simple. If huh? we yeah yeah oh yeah, but how can we even Dr. begin? Osmani, please <laughs> tell us. <laughs> how can we even begin to think about that if we can't even do that in our own country? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. come uh, on, like really. I just uh want to i i said something about walden pond earlier oh right yeah we'll visit that we'll visit why 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 did you say that you wanted to live uh don't say where i want to live because i don't want the feds coming after me you wanted to live you want to live off the grid is what you said right and why so for most people retirement when you're old retirement is what gets you away from the system right and then it, that's the time you have to but that's only been trained by the system exactly right that's like but a higher form of that is like more liberated form of that is just escaping leaving. the system entirely. exactly yeah, and, yeah, and this ties in kind of how we, uh, a little bit with how we're talking about um costa rica time with like because ha- it's like it's um you know it's like oh my simplistic. god yeah. Did that form your it's full This is all first. It's all full circle. This whole like chaos. The system. He's like, no, there's a system. Parsa, no, Parsa, he, no, he's got the numbers oh flying. My God. He's got he's got the the numbers flying around in his head. I'm like, the numbers, Parsa. What, what do, do they, they mean? mean? What do it's they just, mean? But that's the that's kind of like the thing. It's like you know, imagine living a simple <laughs> life. Like Parsa's gonna be like Yoda. He's gonna hop in that little. Escape. I'm going to Dagobah. He's, he's flying oh to Dagobah. That's where he's going. I shouldn't have said that. The feds wow. are going to know. <laughs> but yeah. imagine, like, just think for a minute. Wouldn't that be nice? Just imagine the days, like, honestly, I think that, like, civilization for just humans, like, in general is inevitable. You know, like, people organizing, coming together, creating. That's um, basic sociological yeah, argument. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, it's like creating languages. Um, like, just all of this kind of, like, all this built together. And I think that's, like, there's obviously bad and, and good to that. I think, um, like, one thing that I really like, one thing I think Parson and I are both interested in, there's a game like Red Dead Redemption. I think we're both fans of kind of, like, that yeah. era of time, like, mid to late 1800s, back where, like, basically the, the Midwest and beyond to, like, the um, West Coast was uncivilized. Like, that kind of era in time, you know, where everything was just so simple it was like you know we didn't have to worry about worry, don't like think about how social you gotta media. Gotta be careful. We're talking yeah. about no, 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 some no, no. crazy no, no, no. conspiracy. Well, this going is, this back is, this to the 1800s. Like, no, this isn't like this isn't conspiracy theory. I'm just talking about in general. Like social media has, like you said, with like how there's algorithms, like you know, like on our phones. There's no algorithms like, in the 1800s. No, 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 no. no what but what I'm, but what I'm saying is, no, but but I'm times again. I'm saying think about you know how there are algorithms on your phone like on social media it conditions you to want to look at it and i think that for our generation social media has ha- kind of had like a negative like conditioning of like people mm-hmm. to just be stuck to their phone and oh, i certainly and what, yeah. so what i'm saying is kind of like it's just it was very nice living in simple times where you don't have to worry about those types of things imagine just being able to live off the land and not having to 
like, cause I think like, okay, government, you know, it's like obviously paying taxes. It's like, look, I'm not, I'm not evading my taxes. IRS don't come after me, but I'm yeah. saying that like, it's like, cause that's a good pur- purpose. It's like people are, people are a part of like the system that is like our society. Everybody contributes to it, which I think, I mean, it's, it's great. And it's like, we do live it's in like, this society. no, but I'm saying, <laughs> but I'm saying it's like, cause, and that's a great thing. Cause it like builds off of it, but it's also, I guess, very nice. Imagine living a lifestyle where you can just be living off the land, a simple life, not having yeah. to worry about the pressure of and like there's society. No one looking over you. There's no mm-hmm. like. That's. I think that that's the yeah. most key part. That's and I, I think that that's I, where I, it ties I, into. That, that's that should be the alternate ending uh, to Joker. Um, <laughs> he gets so fed up, he's just tortured, and then he just goes Don't and he lives in the forest and like a peaceful rest <laughs> yeah. of his life. That that was kind of like off topic, but I'm just talking about how like every day, I guess, like society does build a lot of like pressures on people and mm, i think that's of one of, that's one of the biggest keys about like i guess what creates like stress in people or like yeah because there's so many because there's so many outside pressures yeah. there's so many more and it, now and there yeah. perhaps there's not more well there certainly is more but also the the pre-existing ones become so much more prevalent yeah. in your life because yeah. you see it like basically in every moment you can you yeah. can find uh you know someone else's view on you and i mean yeah. like I think what correlates really uh, intensely with that is not only uh, it's not only living on the land because it's a simple life and because you can escape the system, you know, the whole kind of free your mind from what what has been taught to you to be a a, a coil in the machine. Yeah. That that's an interesting thought, but also I think it correlates with a very basic notion that uh, if you if you don't recognize, if you are able to disassociate yourself with uh, envy and guilt and uh, just heavy opinions on others, or if you're able to disassociate that uh, from yourself, you are able to, again, introspect and look in and find what really makes you happy and perhaps you already know that but you're scared to pursue it because of whatever else around you thinks but if you're if you're able to get to that place and you're able to be at be at your pond you you can do what you want there and you're you freed yourself effectively from the thoughts of others and that is what truly would give you meaning you know that Mm -hmm. would give you purpose like what what a what the trillionaires would say yeah. what they programmed you to say is uh that the ideal of a a great life is you know you make a lot of money you retire you have a family and they make a lot of money and obviously that makes sense for the people who are running the machine to to say because mm-hmm. you know that is up they need more recruits that, yeah that's yeah. a perspective <laughs> that in that's a perspective that innately fuels the economy and promotes the you know furthering of the machine to work for them Mm -hmm. but if you're able to you know recognize that it's all kind of built on that idea of looking at the people around you in comparison and intense competition and you're able to realize that you don't need that like you can escape that yeah Yeah. that then you're truly you know able to attain a different level of happiness that other people can't really because as long as you're around other people that are simultaneously influencing you and trying to tell you what you are, Yeah, you're never going to reach that point where you're mm-hmm. like, I am myself. You're always mm-hmm. going to be comparing. 
And yeah. comparison at its core is kind of – and Michael Shipman actually said this, and I don't know where if he got it from somewhere if he came up with it. We were just talking about grades one day, and he just goes, you know, comparison is the thief of happiness. Yep. And it's pretty true. I mean, it's it's true in a lot of senses because as long as you sit there and say, well, someone else is doing better than me in this area. That's or a great else saying. That's it's true. very true. You're never going to feel gratitude or, you know um, – fulfillment in what you are doing because you're always looking towards something more yeah Yeah. Um, and i mean it sounds so idealistic too like it it's just the kind of jargon that you hear in any like you know any guy any white guy who has beads in his hair and renamed himself like (laughs) satya for some reason (laughs) is saying this exact thing but like also he's saying it a little bit more amen yeah and, and he's and he's trying to sell it to you but it Again, like this, along with how outlandish the conspiracy is, it's pretty outlandish for anyone to really be able to attain that. You know, yeah. I mean, you see Tibetan monks do that, but they they spend their whole life trying yeah, to get to crazy. that point. Like, and it's, some of them don't it's even not. Do it. Yeah, I mean, it's not something that you can be sold to like an aggr- get rich quick scheme. Yeah, you can't. No. There's no get rich quick to happiness. It by us having this conversation, although we are aware of it, it's not like we can just. Yeah, now just, we we can oh, just do that. Yeah, we can switch. Like, yeah, it's not, not like yeah. we can like oh follow this plan. It'll get you. Yeah, there. it's not yeah. like I'm just all of a sudden gonna be able to turn off people's opinions. Yeah. That's not something no. that can yeah, happen. No. Yeah, it take yeah. like it's just uh, a good ideal uh, to understand. And I think perhaps there's other perspectives, and I'd love to hear them. Oh, there's but, plenty. But yeah. for us here, it seems to be. Uh, interesting that we all can uh, recognize this as an ideal to shoot for. It's almost like perfection in a way that yeah. Yeah. you you know perfection is an ideal and you can never truly attain it. Yep. But the pursuit of perfection is what makes it What's special. Mm-hmm. That's a good. Yeah. And there's no right answer. There's no mm-hmm. right way to pursue it. Yeah, there's you, no right way to be happy. We I, all have you our know. own. I mean, you ways. can go Some live in the forest. Or you can make the conscious choice to participate in the yeah. machine yeah, can, yeah. and you, derive just as much fulfillment exactly, out of it. Exactly. I was about to say exactly. Mm-hmm. Or you yeah. can make an effort to change it. Like if it's something you want to see change, make it happen. And I guess like what we're all like tying back into, I guess is just like like free thought, I guess. I mean, mm-hmm. kind of in a way, it's just like, I, I, can't remember where I, was, I can't remember where I was going with this, but thinking... I guess um, it's like when, it's not like I'm saying like oh oh like see every like the society around us oh bad oh bad but I'm saying like is it, but you, society society terrible but it's like but it's it's like um, it is a little bit of a broken but, machine exactly though. you can yeah. always tune stick it, it to the man. honestly part of it part of <laughs> it I would just say oppressor. in a way I would just almost say it's like there is almost the quote unquote human condition just like honestly ever since humans developed consciousness it's like that's where you're fully able to, you, you have inner thoughts. You think like more likely to develop like things like depression, things like that, I right. guess, you know what? So it's like, in a way, I guess just like with, I don't just organize like almost society as a whole. I mean, like I, I, I don't want this to be taken the wrong way, but it's like, okay, us as humans, as we've grown over time. And it's like I said, like we formed, I guess, like societies and then like society has these perceptions of what is this or that or what is right and wrong and obviously stuff like Mm -hmm. murder theft that is obviously like what we view as wrong 
obviously, because mm-hmm. that's a wrong thing. But it's like you talking about the super ego sort I'm of deal, kind of, internalized mm-hmm. perceptions of the ethical framework. I guess, I guess yeah. in, in a way, yeah, like what yeah. I'm talking about, it's like it's just, it's just a bit weird to me sometimes how there's always society has built these like perceptions of this is correct, this is incorrect, and it kind of puts everybody into a box. And it's like like we we're talking about how like Tyler the Creator. It's like, isn't like that album, like Flower Boy, very much about like finding yourself and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, I know like um, artists like, um, and of course I'm going to say this, but Kanye, Kanye West, Kanye, West, Kanye Tyler, Boom. the creator. There it's goes. like, it's just, just that's one medium. Like for instance, music alongside any other, I mean, everyday person. I bet like everybody my, at like this table. Like my dark twisted face. Exactly. Yes. But mm-hmm. I bet all, all of us at this table have felt at one point or another, we are trapped in a box, like just from the perceptions of other people as humans. And like, and and something like this doesn't even tie into like, is this the fault of the system? This is like the fault of like humans, the human condition. Because it's, it's always a struggle of what, what what am I and what am I becoming? Exactly. I think what you touch on with the whole developing consciousness piece, uh, one of the best explanations of it is that we one day somehow got the ability to very vividly imagine the future and remember the past and connect them. Yeah. So, and this kind of bubble of what could happen and what has happened kind of gives us our sense of self and the ego. And one of the things that a lot of people, um, including Sam Harris, who is a neuroscientist background actually, Mm -hmm. and he spent years over in the far East with monks mm-hmm. learning mm-hmm. about what they do, the sort of aesthetic lifestyle and then connecting it to the brain chemistry is he says, you know, quiet down that those thoughts and think about the here and now. And that's how you get rid of this ego that you have. Yeah. It's almost putting you in a box yeah. all yeah. the time. Yeah. It's uh, true. We, we've discussed this before. It's the, the there's, there's a perfect balance. But there, I think, you know, there's arguments to be made, uh, certainly that I would tend to agree with, uh, in a lot of East a- East Asian philosophies that also coincide with uh, something Aristotle said. You know that the middle path is always most virtuous, mm-hmm. and I think that the middle path is really generally where you find balance. And I- in that circumstance, the balance is you know being in the present moment, but also you know having that. Uh, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Indoxa. Indoxa. Okay, is the idea of, like, knowing those who came before you and your past, uh, and, like, the, the ideas up to this point. And I think that what I was saying before is, uh, that, that balance, uh, here in the circumstance of what Gavin is talking about is that the balance between being in the present moment and only being in the present, but also at the same time simultaneously having that indoxa and right. understanding those who came before you and all the things that have led you to this moment. Yeah. You know, because if you get caught up in the moment, that's, you know, it could lead to some bad things. But if you're also caught up in the past, that's also, where you get that's where yeah. you get, you know, the envy and all that uh sociological right. stuff that, that we were talking yeah. about. So the before. best emotion to associate with thinking about the past is probably gratitude. Right. Um, because if your window into the past is one of I'm so thankful that I'm here because of all these things that happened. And then your window is into the future is, you know what? No matter what happens, I'm going to be grateful I'm for gonna this be moment. And That's I'm going to be okay. Idea. Yeah. yeah. 
and that's a good way to think of it. But indoxa is cool because we were talking about earlier how you take ideas and you put them together. Mm-hmm. That's indoxa is yeah. giving you the game that you're supposed to play yeah. with. You can rearrange those pieces however you want, but you have to know them first. Yeah, uh, and yeah. that was that, that was a big Greek cultural thing because that's right when they started philosophizing formally, basically. Yeah, at least in the West. And uh, you you could even that tie that to like they had. You could even tie that to like what we were saying earlier about uh, how it's hard to innovate. That that core idea that everyone builds on is indoxa. You know, mm-hmm. everyone is just—it's all just reverberations of indoxa. It's yeah. just like what a new idea that comes from an old idea that comes from an older idea. It's just a constant cycle, like we were talking about before. Elon Musk, electric cars, cars, coolness. Yeah. <laughs> let's put it together. Yeah. You know, environment. Let's put it together. Yeah. Parsa, <laughs> society's a machine. Yeah. I, I want to yeah. live more freely. Um, uh, Walden's <laughs> pond. Walden pond. Free. Coronavirus. Yeah. Let's make a conspiracy theory. Yeah, you know, you're putting together different things yeah. based on what you've heard and learned. Uh, yeah. Living in Costa Rica. Yeah. You know, <laughs> getting the separation. And it's yeah. all influence. Yeah. It's and wow. Yeah. This has been a fascinating. But episode. the thing it with happens. ideas, and we we were, we were talking about it earlier <laughs> <Yes>. is. <laughs> How you have to you have to put all I- possible ideas on the table, yeah. Yes. Even if they're disgusting, even if they're ugly, <laughs> yeah. just like Joe Rogan says, because hey, you de- everyone deserves a platform. You, everyone you deserves need a to platform. if you want to learn about art, you're gonna have to look at art that you like and art that you hate and right. figure out why. If you want to listen yes. to music, you gotta listen to good music, listen to bad music to figure out. Okay, these are the things that distinguishes good music from bad music yes. in my mind. If you're gonna Try and learn about ideas. Another Arist- you have to that's look another Aristotelian at good ones. thing. You have to look at bad ones that you hate. Like, and try and understand everything to know the difference. To know yeah. how to look at someone who may have a bad idea and convince them of your side. Yes. If you come at them thinking they have a bad idea, they're a bad person. And they're wrong. They're and wrong. here's yeah. why. Yes. They're, you're never going to convince gonna anyone. Yes. Yeah. The thing is, and, yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was, I was about to say, so... That's and that's exactly true. And so, what was that term you said? Indoxa. Yes, indoxa. Yes, that it. And you piece that together beautifully. Like I said, it's like the concept. Of course, the concept of like, if you are always looking at how other people are doing things, that's going to like kill your perception of like. That's going to kill your happiness. One of the things that like, I just I don't know why. Just out of nowhere, within I guess recent past couple years, I feel like has popped up for some reason. I will subconsciously like think of something that, and I'll be like jealous of somebody. And I kind of hate that. Like, like honestly, it's like, I hate to like mm-hmm. admit that and say that out loud. But for some reason, there are times where it's like, I've become jealous. And one, a big thing that's like, Hey, we've all done it. It's like, it's I, not I, shameless. Uh, thank yeah. you. I, I just kind of like, it's, I've, I've tried to realize more like, you know what? I am like, not perfect. There are a lot of things yeah. that I've been very like, um, uh, what's the word? Um, like self-conscious about. Like I've been worried. Oh, I'd always been like self-conscious. Like, man, I wish I, I was taller. I wish I, I like. Wish I wish you were I, built like a Lego. Kid. <laughs> <laughs> <Bruh>. <laughs> I wish I, I was like. <laughs> I was like, man. I wish I wish I wasn't like built like Jabba the Hutt or something. Like, I wish like sometimes I'm like. There are times where I was like, oh man, like I wish I, I you know, like I, I I wasn't like as like I guess like as like as big or like I wish I wasn't ADD or mm-hmm. you know no, yeah, I think I wish saying. I looked different but then I really thought to myself it's like why there are yeah it's like I was like there are people Cheers. there are yeah. exactly there are people that are 20 times physically more attractive than I am more smart than I am but then I, I realized 
you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Once I, you recognize you know? what, you know, once you recognize that, that it doesn't matter, it, mm-hmm. it empowers you that much more. I mean, yeah. I was listening to, I, I was watching a video, uh, no, one of the TMG guys, Noel Miller. Yeah. Uh, I was watching <laughs> one of his videos earlier oh, right. today. Yeah. I, I thought it was, uh, it was a comedy video and he was talking about like the, uh, the quote unquote ugly friend. Um, <laughs> but I, but he, you know, he actually brought up an idea that this is like very close to that is that, uh, you know, he's <laughs> quite crude, but he, uh, he says, once you recognize that you're the un- ugly friend, you know, you have so much more power than anyone else. Cause you know, you can't, uh, your, your friend who's a seven, uh, he's he, again, he said, uh, your friend who's a seven's gonna come up to you and say, "Stand next to me, so I look like an eight. And then, he, <laughs> and then uh, you could just say no, and then you know you have all the power. And then you know if someone says you're ugly, and then <laughs> what are they gonna do if you say, "I know, I know. so what? Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like what are they gonna do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I mean, also the there's some like very positive things to that that I think uh, Sims articulated better. Uh, and uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to muffle that all by saying, you know, everyone recognize your place is ugly, <laughs> trash. <laughs> but like, you know, well, what Sim said is more close uh, to what I guess I'm trying to say. You did a good job. That like, uh, you, you know, job, you you recognize who you are and recognize your flaws with that. Yeah. But um, uh, you know, that doesn't make you any less of a person. Yeah. It's just your personal induction. Exactly. And you can be a nine, and if you're hanging out with models all the time, or looking at models all the time, it's going to make you feel like a five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. and it, it, it it's all relative to who you're thinking about, and that goes back, you're always thinking about your perceptions of the past, and especially the ones that give you an emotional reaction. And so some of the antidote to that is, be grateful for what you do have. Think of all the ways that other people could be jealous of you. And then you're like, wait a second. (laughs) Why am I jealous? Everyone's just got their things that they're better at or worse. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But then again, you know, don't fuel your own. Right, right. Yeah. The thing is, like, nobody's going to care, like, any like about anything about you because they're too busy worrying about themselves. (laughs) Yeah, that's fact. That's facts. They're too. Yeah. Like, like it. That's so true. Beyond true. I mean, yeah, like, really, everybody's got problems, right? And they all got to worry about their own problems. Like, If you're so worried yeah. about your own problems, how are you even going to have – like, again, like, how, how's – if America wants – if we want exactly. world peace, how are we going to get world peace if we can't even solve yeah. our own problems? How are you, how are you going to recognize someone else's problems if you're you too busy with looking your at yourself? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, exactly. And there's also, like – you know, this is something I thought about. It's like there's always – it's n- nothing is ever as simple as you think it is. There's so many sides. It's like a There's diamond. Always it's so multi. Many sides. It's yeah. multifaceted. There's yep. and it's a matter of perspective. If I look at it this way, and I develop a feeling or thought about it because I'm looking at it this way, and if you're looking at the diamond from another side, you're developing another idea about it, right? Because mm-hmm. we're all looking at through different perspectives. So, mm-hmm. but we're all looking at a diamond. Exactly. Yeah. Prolepsis. Yeah. There's no there's no right answer. There's no right answer. Yeah. And the best thing you can do is just try and and this is basically part of why this podcast exists. I want to try and 
see everyone else's view of it yeah, as much I mean, as I can. That was trying yeah, to put together the whole thing. That was one of the original intentions. Uh, like our mission statement was uh, understanding other people's philosophies and mm-hmm. taking something, deriving something from that uh, to bring into our own lives. You know. Yeah, and that's definitely how it's that's how it's felt. And um, yeah, did we have anything else? Um. Oh yeah, there's one thing that was interesting. It was like the whole like there's this afterlife thought right yes i definitely wanted to yeah. hear about that I, I, man where'd sims go uh sims has Who's, some is this stuff. your theory or his theory well we kind of talked about this together i've talked about it with sebastian okay before. so you know in you know the universe is massive right who knows where it ends like mm-hmm. you know it's pretty big it's yeah. it's it's yeah and that's that's kind of scary to think about you're like this little speck in an infinitely massive universe now you know (laughs) yeah some people are like that makes some people uncomfortable but there's also people who can find comfort in different ways yeah we were talking about yeah yeah we were talking about this last night uh the kind of existential thought that is uh you know i i personally like when I was like, this is a personal anecdote from me that like when I was in like third uh, to like fifth grade, I always went through the same thought loop whenever something bad was happening. Yep. A, I would think, man, because I was super into astronomy, right? So I was like, man, I am so infinitesimally small that like, if I get a D on this test, like, cause I was like, or, or not a D, but you, you know, if I did a bad C in school, yeah, whatever, in fourth grade, I would be like, well, it doesn't actually matter at all because, you know, I am not even a speck on a grain of sand in the the vast eternity that is yeah. the universe, uh, and I found comfort in that because. You know, it's a little bit like uh, depressing, but you know, it also means that uh, there's a sort of optimistic nihilism that yeah, we've you know, certainly nihilism. talked about yeah, before. But, but also, uh, like coinciding with that, uh, like I had another thought process that was like, if something was really hap- bad happening, the only thing I can relate it to was like I used to get some pretty bad nightmares, and then I'd be like, oh, well, there's. A strong possibility, you know, like the whole Elon Musk thing. Like, there's a strong possibility that I'm in a coma right now, and I could just wake up from this dream. I always think that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> like when we were biking that one time, you're like, "I'm dreaming." Yeah. <laughs> you're not dreaming. Please don't run into a car. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I do think about nihilism, and I think about it as, as more of a a tool in your ideological right. toolbox than a grand solution to right. all of your problems, yeah. because yeah. It is – there's an error that some people make, I think, calling it an, a sort of abdication of belief. Like you're, you're – you if you're nihilistic, you don't believe in anything. You just know that everything I, – I think you believe – In not believing. You believe yeah. that things are meaningless, and that's still something that you have to – That's still inherently a belief. Jump yeah. in with faith yeah. to because what if it's not meaningless? Right. What if there is a God? Yeah. You know what I mean? Here's, and so it, it's it's – main criticism and i i was thinking about this the other day so i have it in my notes app oh boy um, wow that's a, good, that's a good thing to do though. is is to say that your life and we talked about this in philosophy a few times no matter how irrelevant it may 
feel to you cosmically and you can always have that thought it's the most purely relevant thing that you, you will ever exactly. experience. Yeah. Yes, we were talking yeah. about this last night, me and Parsa. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I wrote that down actually two nights ago. So it's crazy. Um, it's I, crazy. you know, yeah, I think that's a good a good way to talk yeah. about nihilism, well, or as, yeah, at yeah, least yes. I think. Yeah. What are you? We we were talking about this whole like afterlife or like okay. excess yeah. existentialism. Yeah, let's finish the afterlife uh, theory. Yes. Can I put what, something on the table? Really what were we talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So Gavin was talking about tools to help you with this trouble if you're having it. And two of those, for me, kind of, are music and religion, right? Uh, so the music part, music is like a language that is hard to learn. But once you learn it, you can communicate with any other musician, like true musicians. And I'm kind of illiterate. Uh, <laughs> I can't. It's like sheet music I can't read but I can I can still play the bass right yeah Better than what's I can. <laughs> what's crazy is I was actually looking at this other day planets make music planets make noises and you can actually look up uh, like planet noises like you can look up Saturn noises and it'll play this weird song and it's the the noises are crazy. It feels like Sebastian and I were talking about this other day. Music makes you feel a certain way, and once you listen to those noises, it's like feels. I, I imagine it feels otherworldly. Exactly, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, what I think of is like music uh, is a building block of life in a way. Are you looking up? Yeah. Yeah, but like nihilism, like that's a very interesting thing to me. It's like it's one of those things. Like even um. It's like like what you're saying right at the end. It's like even somebody I, like I as a Christian. It's like there are times that I think in my head like, well, then in the end, like I'm gonna die. I mean, regardless, it's like at some point in time, the the sun is gonna burn out after a couple couple billion years. Um, there's going to be a point where humans die out. There's there's gonna be a point where this world does inevitably die. But it's like, but then it, it's like, so in the end, like what we whatever we do. I mean, it's futile. I mean, it doesn't matter, but I mean, it doesn't mean we can't have a fun time on the way there. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Exactly. It's like I'm, I'm. I mean, I'm aware that like no matter what I do, it's like I I'm, I might die. Like any anywhere, maybe you know, life expectancy maybe in the U.S. like what seventy five something to eighty. Like yeah. so, so it's like so it's like I mean, in a couple decades, I'm I'm probably going to be dead unless, no, unless mean, they implement like my brain into, like some AI yeah, like yeah. this. But <laughs> I wouldn't want that. It's like it's it's like. It's just after a point, like the human, like conscious, you get exhausted and you kind of, I mean, no, ev- right. eventually, it's, but it's yeah. real crazy. Like you, I mean, yeah. I think that's very true that like, I think it's also very much, I recognize as like a, a high school thing to say, but, uh, I think it is really important to, to value each moment and to try and, you know, yeah. live it to the fullest, you know, that whole yeah. YOLO mm-hmm. kind of thing. I think that that's really important, I, especially like, I mean, I don't mean to get, dark and i'm not gonna get into any specifics but recently uh someone who i knew in my old neighborhood Mm -hmm. 18 year old kid uh yeah on a family trip heart failure died Mm. that's crazy and you know i mean it really made me think about like you know um you gotta at any experience you know each moment like it could be your last, be your last. Yeah. right? Have you ever? I, 
what you said really reminded me. Have you ever seen the last episode of the Midnight Gospel um, on Netflix? Have you seen it? Did I uh, show you it? know, I I never finished. Shout it. out Midnight Gospel. Um, that last episode where they, you know, his mom I think has cancer, and obviously he has a podcast and he's talking to her about her worldview now that she's been diagnosed, and they're talking about death and everything, and then obviously it's animated, very cool. Duncan um, Trussell's amazing, but it, it touched on a lot of those, a lot of those yeah. things. Yeah. So you have to watch it for yourself because I watched it a while yeah. ago and I can't yeah. remember everything. But yeah, a while ago I was freaking out and like one of the tools to help you feel at ease is like religion, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, believing in a god or God, you know. And I was like, okay, so I'm compare, and I started comparing a human to a robot so humans are made in the image of god right and we have the power to create and let's say we create a robot with a human like uh with like all the parts humans have i guess image of god yeah we have like uh hearts and lungs and brains made of uh fleshy stuff fleshy stuff (laughs) biological matter we're piloting these meat bodies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I think about like, okay, Just walking meat tubes. Yeah, meat tubes. <laughs> oh, flesh sack. Flesh sack. Uh, but like, <laughs> just, oh yeah. And then <laughs> I think about like, uh, let's say a robot, right? If you turn a robot off, what is going through its circuit board brain or whatever right like what happens and if you if you we were played detroit uh, uh become, become detroit human become human i haven't but great game yeah Love it that touches game. on some of this stuff yeah most definitely i, I think about like <laughs> what like what happens when we die is that like kind of like turning off and here's what here's what scares me i'm like is there a difference between robots and humans like do we have uh a spark of the divine from mm-hmm. God. Do we have a soul that sets us apart? And is there like a? They call it the. It's like noumena or um. Yeah, there's a there's the the Greek word for like spirit. It also uh, means wind. Yeah. It's oh. like, it, do we have an immaterial life force um. F- uh, flowing through us, or is it all just hard materialism? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, See, and that's and that's where I'm. That's where I've hit a roadblock. That's where I'm stuck. And I and I am praying that we do have that. So there's some form of like, uh, afterlife, I guess. You know, yeah. return, to return the spark of the divine. divine. Yeah. yeah, or the or God's piece of Himself into you. Like re- you return back. Just really wish you That's took philosophy. I I know it's, it's pneuma. P n e u m a. Okay. Um, it translates to English as spirit, and wind, breath, um, spirit or soul. Um, yeah, it's in the in the Hebrew Bible. That's yeah. interesting. I guess the difference between like robots and humans i guess would be that we're organic i would assume but that's a very that's a very good like metaphor in comparison for no it. i mean i think it 
but you, he's like it works with what he he's says, right though. no yeah you know, it's, it's a good we're created yeah. in the image of god and, exactly you know, we're we're not organic yeah. to god's yeah. image but no, you yeah. know we created robots but we're not organic to the robot's image and you know when a yeah. robot yeah. creates something else further down the line is it is it yeah exactly is it an infinitely fulfilling yeah. cycle of yeah. deifying creators it's almost yeah. helpful to imagine that we are fully material but there gets to be a point where we can't analyze ourselves any further. Yeah. We are never going to be able to absolutely, I don't think, break down a human, lay out everything and say this is, or or make any sort of 100% reliable predictions about that person. Us as humans, we like, it's funny to think, think about how 500 years ago, it's just, just whatever number of years ago, you were considered a crazy man if you disputed the fact that the earth was flat. If you said, "Oh, the if you the Earth is round," everybody would have thought you were crazy. Literally, you, you would have been burned to the stake. I mean, it's like, I th- as humans, we will never one hundred percent be fully correct on everything. There are always yeah. going to be things we will not know and we will be unsure of. Should we pull out the the Greedwell the uh, faith science? You know, yeah. Oh, the trying. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. a there. There's a and the, there's this whole concept of how do you balance faith and reason? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you could say hypothetically we could get to the truth from reason alone. Yeah. But if that if that's an almost insurmountable, impossible task, um, and if you believe that that you that you get to some sort of roadblock, as right. you said, where you can't just can't get past can't, it. Yeah. Just, it's Sometimes it's best to just leave the rest to faith. Yeah. Because it is a little bit painful to sit there and just feel like you don't know or you don't believe in anything. Mm-hmm. And so if you get to that roadblock and you just can't go any further, sometimes people will say, just take take the leap of faith. Yeah. Believe something about the rest of it. Exactly. Even if it could be accessible through reason, uh, you may want to just resign yourself. Mr. Greenwell has brought up this chart before and yes. I, this is starting to just become a, a philosophy lecture but uh, <laughs> but it's basically for the listeners it's a a rectangle uh that's split in half diagonally done, yeah. like a, like it's two triangles put together and one of them is faith and one of them is reason and uh it just shows like a spectrum of the more and more uh you go away from faith the larger reason becomes and the more and more you move from reason uh and start questioning things uh you know i it depends on where you start if you start at faith and start questioning things reason becomes larger but if you start at reason and you start to question uh the scientific value of things and uh such faith becomes larger yeah Mm -hmm. i'd say I'm right now stuck down the middle because I'm still trying to figure out, which I I mm. probably won't even know the answer to ever, is do we have that spark uh, yeah, spark of the divine or not? Mm. You know, something interesting, there's a clip of Kanye where... Yes. <laughs> Kanye. <laughs> yes, Kanye. <laughs> where he was like, we're all unpaid actors in God's movie he's created, right? Which is, which is yes. like, it's like, okay. And then he says... When you're a kid, you tell that kid, if, if the kid, like, he Kanye uses this example specifically, he's like, if a kid jumps up on a coffee table, you tell that kid, that's not how you're supposed to act. Stop acting that way. So we're all unpaid actors in that sense. And we're, our mm. 
and we are take mm. we are picking up on acting okay. techniques from humans before us. And Whoa, that, and that that's kinda, interesting. And that kind of ties back into what we were talking about earlier, how like what society deems as like what is right and wrong. And I, I say Kanye, there are some things that he says that are, are very controversial, no doubt. But I would say he's a very smart person. He has a very complex thought process. But I often feel like, you know, he, he puts things out there before considering how people will interpret them. And I do feel like a lot of people, when they hear what he says, they just take it at face value and don't understand, well, yeah, it's Kanye. He, in truth, his way with words is not always perfectly translated between what he's thinking in his mind and how people Kanye think stand. about it. He plays with but, ideas but, like little toys yes, and building blocks. Yes. He just wants to look, yeah, 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 together and see yeah, what it looks like. Yeah. He's always just bouncing like things all over. But I'm not, not going to lie, but I'm not, like, there are some of his albums. So, you know, he made his first three albums and he made a, a fourth album right at 808s and heartbreaks after you know like his um his mother had passed away and he um his fiance had split from him he was in a very dark place and he started kind of experimenting with something that was very different he he did something that he knew was going to alienate alienate his fans that they were probably most of them were not going to like but it was what he wanted to do and i think you know he also did the same thing with album jesus it was something very different very dark and people some people liked maybe a couple of songs on there, but some people just some people hated it. Bam. And it's like it's like it, but he one thing I like about him is that he doesn't care what people say. Mm-hmm. And there are times where it's like, you know, he says some things that are a bit a little out there that I don't agree with. But when you like delve deeper into what he thinks and his his thought process, it's very fascinating because it's just he does things that are intentionally different. Or yeah. away from the crowd. I, because he's thinking different. And I think part of the thing is that he has all these crazy ideas, but music actually gives him a format to challenge them. Or, sorry, not challenge them. Channel them yeah. and put them together so that they actually make coherent sense. Because yeah. he has to use the rules of music to like m- yeah. get his message across. Yeah. Right. And so all of his albums just kind of have an idea behind them that's yeah. actually pretty pretty good. It's yeah. fascinating, too, because, you know, it, there's no... I would argue that there is probably no better way for Kanye to express the abstract uh, ideas in his mind that you know he can only really express coherently to himself yeah. than through music. Because yeah. music, uh, you know, aside from the lyrics themselves, the composition of the piece yeah. uh, really can t- tie into the story and tell or speak its own story and you know when you're able to to hear that and because there's no lyrics you have to create the own own story the own message in your mind and you know if he's trying to push a message when you hear it you know you'll be able to understand it in a way that you can comprehend because when he says it out loud you know it's not going to click for everyone Mm -mm. but when you but when you play it through a composition and uh through well-crafted lyricism that coincide with that uh the the narrative becomes not different understandable or no 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 it becomes understood in the way that you can understand yeah the perspective perspective flips yeah Mm -hmm. because like you said it's like he can say lyrics in the song Sure, and as he does, like when he goes up out in public and says something, but I like I, I think what you like 
what I take from what you're saying is that you interpret it your own way. It's like you take what he's putting out there and you're able to process it and digest it for yourself to understand yes. what he is trying to say. So many, there's so many pieces. And how he, yeah. calls, his, he calls his thoughts a symphony. <laughs> yeah. How else are you going to yeah. express a thought that's a symphony other than through music? Of honestly. course. True, yeah. True. Because, because it's literally just like the title of one of his albums, probably my, my number one, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Yeah. The first half of the album is the side of Kanye that is so... It's like egotistical. He's just like when he's happy, when he's on top of his game, when he's like, nobody can stop me. You cannot tell me what to do, how to think. And then it eases kind of into like the second half of the album. And it's his more vulnerable side, the side of him that like when his thoughts get loud, when he starts thinking more to himself and he has more introspective thoughts where he's really kind of like processing his faults and the bad sides of them. So on that album, you really... I feel like that's perfect because it does showcase the sides of Kanye and his thought process in it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, I mean, there's stuff, there's songs where it's obviously, it's just him like, you know, rapping, singing, but even something like, this is a big one, the, on, on the song Runaway, the last three minutes is just him just going like, mm, into a mic for three minutes. <laughs> but in a way it's all, like, I would dare almost say, it's beautiful because it's literally it like is, it because is. it's it's just in a way it's like he can't he can't express it what in words, in words. he yeah, exactly you but can you only can interpret tell. it by listening and listening with open ears exactly you can you you hear how he's kind of singing and it, it sounds like there's a lot of emotion a lot of and how i take it like i take it as sadness and exactly audible pain yeah as parsa says yes it's like you hear it for yourself and you're kind of processing it. And then it's just, and it's, it's just that for three minutes, you know, with like a violin in the background, but it's like, you just see all this emotion and it's not even in words, just all this stuff that he's constructed and put together. You hear it and you feel an emotion. Yeah. So. Cause, and, and I feel like sad music has a lot of different ways um, to express it because you can feel sadness, but how you feel about that sadness is another thing. So, Kanye, it's like he feels sad and it pains him. So he's going to make a sad kind of song and and then distort it so it's almost painful to the ear. But like you know, someone like Frank yeah. Ocean, it's sad, but it's like beautiful because he's, he's like reveling in his sadness and yeah. letting it fill him up. Yeah. Um, or like even like, <laughs> even like X, like the song yes. Sad, you know? Yeah. He, he's, he recognizes that he's sad and he recognizes it's his state of mind, but he's just. Uh, it's almost the monotony of the song almost reflects the monotony of the mindset that he's yeah. just become used to it. You know, it's not sad the song. It's got a very like upbeat, catchy kind of feel to it, and you know that I think reflects how you know he's just uh, become accustomed to that just being a part of his life. You know, right? Yeah. Back to like. What Kanye was saying about the whole acting thing, I just thought of something else. So, again, we're created in God's image, as the Bible says. So, Mr. Ringe in New Testament <laughs> class, <laughs> gave us a uh, really, like, cool example. <laughs> he gave us a really cool example um, where he said, Okay, Ellis, I want you to draw a stick figure on the board, right? And then another stick figure, and I want you to make them talking to each other. So 
That's pretty much like God creating us. Those stick figure people can't see Ellis because they're in their own little dimension. And they're and on the board. Th- exactly, yeah. where Ellis created. And that's kind of why we can't see God. It's just not possible. And that was a really good explanation. And like, if you think about it that way, when we create, when directors create like uh, animated shows or like anything like that, they're creating a whole other universe, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and you know, a- anything like that is when you when you create like that. It's what I also find fascinating about that is it is a direct reflection of yourself. You know? It is. It is. Uh, you know, that's one of the strat one strategy that I've come up with. Uh, I sort of came up with it over quarantine a little bit. Is that uh, you know. Over quarantine, I almost felt like an ambiguous melancholy. Like, I was just, like, kind of sad, yeah. but I didn't really know why. Yeah. And one yeah. of my ways to kind of figure it out was, I've explained this to, to both of yeah, you guys I before, yeah. uh, is that I w- will just take out a piece of paper and, and just start drawing yeah. and draw everything. The first thing that comes to my mind, I don't think about the piece at all. I just start drawing. And then, you know, 45 minutes later, I take a step back at the full and look at the full page with uh, just covered in illustrations that you know are just direct projections of consciousness, subconscious as much as I can because it's just the first thing that comes to my head, and then I try and interpret a meaning from it. What is it? Why? Why did I draw that? What does it mean? Does it like how does that correlate with my state of mind? And I I found that very helpful. Yeah, dreams are nice to interpret oh, yeah. too. Oh yeah. I think uh, I. I think a lot in words. Uh, so my remedy, I uh, did the very, basically the same thing. I just sat down and wrote in a journal, stream of consciousness, and then I'd read back over it, and I'd be like, okay, what's going on yeah. in, in my head right now? Because yeah. I have to talk or write. You thing. ever, you know, another good strategy is you ever, pl- I, I said why earlier to Sims when he was talking about the insecurity thing, uh, and you know, I think that that's always been a good thing, uh, always been a strategy of mine. It's always a good one. Playing the why game. Just sit down and be your own therapist. You know, sit there and just kind of, like, it's like you just put on, like, a a helmet and get your <laughs> s- sword and you, you're knight sitting there and you just go, all right, uh, all right, anxiety, come hit me. Yeah. And then every time you think of something, why? Yeah. And then uh, get to the understanding of that, why? And just continue down the why rabbit hole until you – you kind of have a, a better understanding of, exactly. the, of the problem. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. a great introspective technique I found. I've tried. I've tried. Yeah, like I've always, I've always kind of tried to do that type of thing. In fact, like with what you said, like writing that stuff down, I actually tried that like for the first time like a couple of weeks ago, and I found like when I just put my whatever I'm thinking, whatever it is, just down. It's like it kind of helps me to understand what I'm thinking like actually like in a way I guess materialize it like literally write it down look at it and contemplate it and you know just like go through the practice of just physically writing it down and looking at it and thinking and like I had the exact same thing like ever since like quarantine started like just having this feeling of overall like sadness kind of like gloominess Mm -hmm. and then like on and off and it's and like I said earlier how it's been one of like the worst and best times of my life it's weird because it's all it's been like it's just brought this cloud over people and even when i can't explain it it's made me feel like way less motivated and more tired and more drained and then also 
more I've, motivated like, than ever. Yeah, exactly. Like there are times where I've got more drive to do things. And it's a very eye-opening experience. It's it's been like I guess like painful and then also like like I said eye-opening. It's been a good thing. It's it, just a mix of both. It gave a lot of people a window into what they would be like if they were kind of half living in society and then half not. So a lot of people that were very entrenched in the machine, as we've been calling it, got sort of halfway pulled out of it. For at least two weeks, they were almost fully yanked out of it. And everyone was like, wait a second. There's a lot more to life. Like, I've been deriving my meaning and purpose from my job or from school or from whatever it was. But now it's like, People I have, are finally hopping on the me and Parsa way. I have <laughs> infinite <laughs> things that I can do. Like, yeah. you know, and, and so it, recognizing it, your own potential. You have the it's freedom. very important. And that's eye, it's eye opening and it's motivating. Yeah. But at the same time, it can be so the thing draining because like, you're yeah. like, where I do have you so much to do? Where do yeah, I, like, where do I, I yeah. start? How do I handle all of this? How do I, you know, I think it's really, I think the, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say like really quickly. I think it's interesting how like, people on different sides of the world are just like haven't that haven't talked about a certain topic can develop as similar ideas you know yeah no yeah it's cr- it's spe- i mean yeah. don't get gavin started he's gonna start talking about world religions in a no. second i know it <laughs> <laughs> but my religion no go for it go for it no but. it's one of the things you see with religious development because you can look at them and granted when you look at religions, you're looking through a lens, and lots of times you find connections that may not actually be there. But, gosh, they have a lot of it's similarities. True. Like, it's true. It's true. That yeah, it's almost true. too much to be a and coincidence. A lot of them, and a lot of them, I guess, do practice the same thing. Like, obviously, you know, Catholicism, um, Christianity are very closely linked. But then Judaism and even Islam, they all revolve around the, the same God. It's they, Of course, it's like – I mean, that's the thing. People um treat, like – um, Islam as different from like Christianity. It obviously is very different. They're very different in practices, but it's still the same God. Oh, Obvi- it is. It's yes. It's just like there are things that are obviously different. I mean, it's not the same God, it, but but it's like it's it's close enough. It's like it's like yeah, but they're all like Abrahamic religions. Like yeah, but it's like yeah, but mm-hmm. it is like it's yeah, but it's like yeah, <laughs> but it's like I guess it's like it's one one of those things I think about so as like Christian. It's like, I think it's, I believe in afterlife, but the thing is also one of those things where it's like, even if I am wrong and considering if maybe if there is no other religion and I don't end up going to, why not bet on it? I say that's the, (laughs) yeah, it's like, and and that's that's the thing. And then it's like, okay. And then there's a chance that's like, okay, I'm wrong. And I end up going to the equivalent of maybe hell and a different religion. Or if I don't get welcomed into whatever the kingdom is of a different religion, it's like if I just cease to exist and I am no longer conscious, and it's just and that's just the end. I can't really You're taking say taking a risk, but what's the what's the point of not true. taking it? Yeah, and then also that's true. Mm-hmm. And then also the thing is, I think like, okay, look, I, I mean, ceasing to exist, ceasing to exist is scary. Yes, but the thing is, if there is no afterlife and I just cease to exist, I'm not gonna what feel. What are you I'm, scared of? I'm not gonna yeah. feel the pain. You're not, feel, you're not gonna know. Or feel, yeah, or, you're not gonna know. You, you you're not aware. You are gonna be nothing. It's literally like the feeling of going to sleep. I'd, I'd assume. It's not like I mean, it's not like I've died before or anything. <laughs> but but I'm saying sleep, like sleep is practice for death. <laughs> it's just like death without the commitment. It's just <laughs> yeah. like it's you don't feel it. You just fade into it slowly, and then 
you're just not conscious. And then you wake up in the morning. It's like, it's just imagine that it's just like that. It's like, it's, if there is no afterlife, then there's, I mean, of course I know you don't want to leave earth, but there's nothing to be afraid of. I mean, you're mm-hmm. not going to feel the pain anymore. You're not going to know. Yeah, yeah. Mm. you know, you're not gonna have that last three minutes of runaway. <laughs> no, don't say that. Don't say An that. An eternity without the last. Three <laughs> Honestly, yeah, that's all the afterlife needs to be. Just run away. Just maybe, run. It can ma- just be, yeah, maybe that's yeah. your heaven. You the just r- runaway, to runaway outro infinitely. <laughs> it's just constant. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I hear. All I'd be I, happy. Constant state of pain. <laughs> <laughs> run away in Elvis. <laughs> Give him some food exactly. and some run away. Exactly. Uh, and I was actually thinking about this. Okay, I'm, I'm going to be honest here. One thing that kind of annoys me, I would say, is astronomy signs. I, I'm, uh, and astrology. Not to af- astrology. My bad. My astrology signs. And what I'm going to... Yeah. Being such a Gemini but, right yeah. now. <laughs> I was talking with my friend um, Jacob. But we were discussing that and how he hung out with some friends that I know. I wasn't there. And they had him download the Cosign app. I mean, um, I think that's what it's called. And it's and it's astrology sign. And basically, they were like, oh, you're, you're a Pisces and this. And I get very annoyed with that type of thing. I hate it. And it, 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 I, it, it annoys me. I, I'm sorry, guys. I, I'm, on, I'm with Sims. I... It, no offense to anybody out there. It's like, if, if that's what you like, then that's fine. You can enjoy it and don't let me tell you what not to like. But I'm just, it's like, uh, people sometimes use it as a platform to be like, oh, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're like, yeah. oh, you're a Scorpio. You. And it's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, exactly. Good. No, I'm just kidding. But like, but still, it, like, it's like the way that I, I said this and I said, okay, look, it's like, I don't believe in astrology signs. And I think some people, like you said, people use it to degrade other people. And, but it's also one of those things where it's like, like religion, which is like, which I I'm Christian. It's like, if that is an outlet that you enjoy and it betters you as a person, go for and, it. And it, yeah, go for it. There's if it no is reason like, for me to ex- tell you not to exactly belief because, yeah. systems solve problems. It's true. Um, and one of the big problems that religion solves is the fear of death, yeah. uh, I think. And one of the problems that astrology solves for some people, I think, is the need to understand other people better. Yeah. And it's a drive towards a certain a sort of personality psychology. Now, my outlet for that is to use the um, most current type of personality assessment, which is like the big five traits um, – I think it's openness to experience, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. And then they all have their sub-traits. And you can look at, think about who has more on what trade and all that kind of stuff. But if astrology is how you can have the most meaningful experience with personality psychology, and that gives you a window to figure out other people and orient your life around that, you know, can't fault you. You know, believe what you want to believe. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's yeah. incredibly reasonable, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. some people don't really yeah. value reason all that much in this field. They may I say personality true. is not something we can get to from science. Yeah, maybe it isn't. I don't know. Yeah, it, I agree. It's like I don't think it's like a a logical. Oh, it's like oh, you were born within this time frame. Okay, this means that you are this or that. Oh, if you were born a day later, though, you're an entirely different person. Personally, I don't think it's logical. But if I guess no. if yeah. you but if you use that, you look at it and it says that oh, if since you are uh, like you're since you're a Pisces, okay, these are your faults, 
if that is something that makes you more aware of something that you're potentially doing wrong if and you can use it, if you, you, a, you yeah, can correct it. If it gives you a template mm-hmm. for yourself. And it, for to improve yourself, then go ahead and do it. I guess no, that's yeah. a, you know. I think that my my take on it is, you know, I said hate. It hates strong word. I don't <laughs> hate it. I, I just dislike it. I'm not a fan. I'm yeah, not a fan. I agree. I, just yeah. because. Uh, because it's used so often to just kind of put down no, others. Yeah. I mean, others I really only, I only really have one, like, I only really have one experience with, like, a person who is, like, into astrology and telling me about it. Oh, okay. Boy. Okay. I was I was working over the summer, and it's just doing my thing, and I was getting to know this person who I would never worked with before. And uh, they said, um, what's your sign? And, and I said, I was a Pisces. And then all of a sudden, or the person just kept on getting on me about, oh, man, that's such – Oh, you're oh, probably you're, you're probably insecure. You're a Pisces. You're a oh. male Pisces. Oh, you're Ew. argumentative. That's because mm, you're a gross Pisces. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Like only telling me things that were negatives and making these yeah. broad stroke assumptions about me. They didn't know me at all. So like, why? You know, I don't like that kind of thing because like, yeah, that's uh, stupid. The only thing that I like really, I feel for myself is I. You know, I find myself caught in this also. It's the it's kind of a, a trap, right? That mm-hmm. I don't – genuinely, I don't care what anyone's up to. As long as you're not right. hurting anyone, yeah, yeah. I don't really have a problem with it. But, you know, by me having a problem with something that's like someone else is doing because it's hurting someone or it's like being mean, is that a contradiction of my own thought? Because I it's like that, yeah. I don't want to – I don't want to intrude on anyone else's beliefs because I wouldn't want anyone to intrude on mine. But if I'm intruding on someone else's, am I being a hypocrite? But I only have one exception well, to the rule. It's if it's yeah. like if it's Negative negatively affecting someone yeah. else. Mm-hmm. I've thought well, that exact same thing. If I just I just think that in that situation, if someone's like irritating you, like using it to put you down. Y- yeah, you can just just get just get away from them, right? Mm-hmm. Just. I mean, I guess you could go with the if you the can. whole Sims men, like Sims moms kill them with kindness. Kill them with kindness, yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And one of the things about astrology is all the categories are so are all the traits that they will tell you are so, so broad. broad. Yeah. They're so vague that it's like today, Pisces, you will do thing that everyone else does <laughs> ever exactly. in their yeah. and life. I think there's yeah. something to it because even in the like pr- Pisces profile, like you have these traits. It's like. You could look at anyone and connect something they do to some of those traits. So yeah. at the end, of, it's yeah. it's called it's some sort of psychological phenomenon that uh, it refers to that. But if you're looking at it through that vague of a lens, you're always going to be able to analyze your way you to it. You will meet someone new today. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like what? Like you can literally look. At- it's and that's exactly right. Like because you could look at any of those other signs, and then it's like. Oh, well, out of all these other signs, I could apply all of oh, like these positives or negatives mm-hmm. to the person as well. It's just it's very broad and it's you can apply it. To but a if lot it of is things. giving you a direction for qualities that you should that it says are positives that you can then go out and use and then highlighting some mm-hmm. negatives that you yeah. probably need to fix because they're so vague, you can always yeah. connect them to if yourself. You, then yeah. that's a good way to use it. I mean, that's fine. Yeah, exactly. I just feel like my experience with it is so many people I've seen are like, oh man, I, I love, oh, I love getting hugs from like, oh, Leo's. They really oh. give the best hugs. And I'm just, and I'm like, oh, and I remember I had a girl say like, 
oh, you're a Pisces. Oh, I could tell. You're a Pisces. Men are like horrible. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, my God. Why would you say no, that? No, I'm like, I'm like, it's so that, mean. That's when it's a bad outlet for things or when people use it as justification for like this or that. It's just, it, it's just how you use it. And same thing, you can say the same thing for like religion because unfortunately there's, they're like, religious extremists that will like do bad things or like people say oh we're doing this like in, in the, the name, name of a religion yeah. and, like a, I mean, and that's when it's a, even, and that's when that's a bad outlet. i mean an extreme example of that uh, 1860s you know mm-hmm. uh kkk was formed yeah and the kkk uh, it, uh yeah. believed that they were doing the their actions with a religious justification yeah which is well, which yeah, is bad. strange and it's, it doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense and it's just when you yeah. you when you abuse a platform for a form of hate. degradation or hate or you know just tearing down other people i mean there's just yeah. there's no place for it. i mean again like what we were saying yeah. before our life is so short and so undefined and like undetermined that there's just no place for it. Yeah. There's no yeah. point yeah. in tearing like each other. Like why? You're yeah. wa- you're wasting your time and you're wasting the other person's time. And you're not yeah. being pro- you're yeah. not like you're not progressing being either. At all. It's like it's such a I mean, I always try and look at other views, but there's just some views I try I just look at them. I'm like just come on. If it's, <laughs> just if it's really like hateful, then it's like it's not valid, you know? Like like what Sebastian, like what you said earlier, um, you know, it's like thinking, okay, I dislike somebody for this reason. Oh, but does this make me a hypocrite? Like part of me, I think of myself, like, man, people always be hating. Like what, what's up with all this negativity? And then I go out and think, oh, wow, well, look at me. I'm being a hater for saying this too. But then again, it's like, well, I'm only I'm only trying on to being, further I'm, yeah, my yeah. morality. I'm, and then I'm, it's all, yeah, it's like, I'm only but then like, it's, you know, it's again, like, it goes back to what we were saying before that, like, you know, you can, uh, if you really reach that point where you're not concerned with other people, it, that, uh, no, actually, you see, it, it's wacky because I can't even, it's hard for me to even rationalize that thought because, right. yeah. you know, I'm thinking about that, like, if you came to that point, other people would perceive you as someone who's just egotistical and overly confident mm-hmm. and, you know, just self-indulgent. But, you know, m- me even having that thought shows that I have just no conception of this idea because it's another worry about someone else's perspective. Yeah. I, I just, thought the exact same thing. I can't be bothered. For yeah. Like, it's, it's definitely, that's like a hypocritical thought loop that yeah. I've had. Yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. Oh, I want to be like that guy. Okay. Why, why is he good? Why do I like, because he doesn't care what people think. Okay. I need to not care what people think so that other people will like me. Well then wait a yeah. second. Wait a minute. Yeah, 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 exactly. It all leads back full circle. Yeah. yeah. Um, you really have to find it like actually, and you know, you yeah. can see people like, like Shia LaBeouf who've like clearly oh gone through like yeah. a big metamorphosis and they come out at, in like this weird kind of zenned out person, but you could see that they kind of found themselves. Yeah. yeah. And that's always fascinating to me, you know? Yeah. He's he's, he's he it's it's like certainly bizarre, but if that's it's working for him, then like good. I mean, you seen him? Have you heard good, him like good. in interviews now? Like he's like very calm. It's really, I haven't I haven't yeah. seen anything in the recent years, but no, yeah. I always he, see like he was like a screaming. meme for a very short he period. Really exactly. He was, you could tell it was like I mean he was just he's going through a lot. Yeah. yeah. My my view with this kind of stuff is just like. I've been given this certain amount of time to live, 
and just leave me alone so I can vibe, okay? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, just leave yeah, me, just yeah. please. Yeah, I would that say very like Costa Rican outlook. I, I, yeah, and <laughs> that I'm sounds like, like <laughs> honestly, that sounded like Connor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just like, I suggest you do the same thing too. Just stop yeah. wasting your time because you're going to realize that it's going to be too late. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, don't. I think that that's like a really great, healthy outlook. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And also, um, what was it? It was, what was it? It was, um, God, what was it? But then it's like, I guess, um, but like we were saying though, I guess it's like whatever somebody's doing, like, unless they're hurting somebody else, like there's no reason to hate on them, you know? And it's, it's like, just leave people be. But when it comes to negativity, it's like, or if you have a reason to like dislike somebody, like say, I guess like Nazis, like who based around like bringing harm to other people, it's like, well, that's valid because like they bring out negativity and stuff. I mean, they're they're out there bring harm the, to people. Yeah, their there, point there's is re- so, Yeah, then there's reason to like, I guess, to have that hate because they are in sudden hate. But then also, it's like, are you being a hater? Yeah, exactly. And I'm kind. It's kind of like. Um, but then also one of those things. One of those things that I'm also trying to like think of is like. And we're talking about the whole kill with kindness thing. Think about like somebody that dislikes you that goes out of their way to like bring negativity to you is like what you were saying earlier though i guess it's like if there's somebody in in your life that just brings you down and brings hate to you it's like you're not going to change them i guess by people are are only going to change if they want you can't bark you can't bark like if you like if you you can convince all you want but people are only going to change if they want yeah like if you like like sebastian if you like hated me for whatever reason I can't like say you which down, I like, do. <laughs> <laughs> I it, like I can't like I can't if I just like if I'm gonna be barking at you, it's not going to solve the problem, and it's probably gonna make you hate me even more if I'm just rude to you. You know? Yeah, of course. So it's like I guess it's like just gotta make an effort to. I, I mean, like I get, I don't I, I don't know what I'm getting at, but like just kind of. You're not going to get anywhere if you're just. You gotta make an effort to breed yeah. positivity. Yeah, you not will, be. The, you yeah. have to be the pot. You know, it's the super cliche saying, but you know, we're in a roundabout way. We're just fleshing out the whole concept of, you know, yeah. be the change you want to see in the yeah, world. Yeah, like mm-hmm. if, no, yeah. if a dog is barking at you, you don't bark back. That's idiotic. <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> and then I'll see some people go like, woo, 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 woo. <laughs> and then I'll be, and the dog will start barking even more. And I'm worse. like, what are you doing? You're, you're only, you're only making the owners yeah. of the dog mad and the neighbors mad. And, and you're making everyone, you're everyone's be, not. Everyone's looking at you like yeah. you're an idiot now. Yeah. Like, yeah. And you're probably upset too. Yeah. Because <laughs> the dog exactly. bit you. I mean, like, <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Yeah, closing statements. Yeah, I want some closing remarks because you know, as we said before, the whole memo of the 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 narrative is you know. Yeah, sorry, I rushed. If I'm rushing this, my parking ticket ran out 20 minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're good. No, no, you're good. But the whole narrative is try and take something from someone else's worldview. So, like, what is if you were to encapsulate what? either what we've talked about in your perspective on it or your general philosophy in life in one mantra, what would you guys both say? This is a question Miss Kimberly is going to give you next year, so <laughs> this will be good practice. Okay. I've got a, I've got a, I took a lot out of this. I feel like yeah, a lot this is, I, w- I wish I had more time to really think about this, but this is my like, initial thought. Take time, think about what you believe, and then set up path for yourself in life and do not 
interfere with anybody else's path in life. And if other people try and ruin your path, just try your hardest to not bite back. Don't be a cog in the machine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. I'd say don't worry about if you're un- if you are unhappy with where you are look at your surroundings, look around and think about how can I change this? Don't worry about what other people are doing. You need to think outside of the box. Don't let people trap you. Don't let people tell you what you can and can't be. And you, you know, if you're going through a hard time, then that's okay because everything, 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 exactly. Yes. Everything will pass. Kanye said, um, would he like ask the uh, rhetorical question? Would you still believe what you believe if no one else in the world believed? Exactly. Don't care about what other people are saying. And you know, it's like, it is okay if where you are is a tough spot because you can pull yourself out of it. And I think that it's just good to keep an open mind, stay positive and respect other people. And I think spread love. And I know that's something everybody always says, but seriously doing any, just a small little thing for somebody. As someone who knows Sims so much and has been in this conversation for almost two and a half hours, I can tell you that Sims isn't, he's not the, the guy with braids in his hair. He practices what he preaches. He knows. Is, thank you, sir. Yeah, thank you. he's being earnest. Thank you, sir. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys. This has um, been a great episode. Thank you, guys. One of my thank favorites. Thank you very much for Shout listening. Shout out Steamers. On, All right. right. Steamers, boys. Thank yeah. you very much for having us, Please, gentlemen. if Steamers have made it to the end, I want you to text uh, me, Parsa, and Sims the number six. Text, text us the right, number right. six if you made it to Let's the see end. who my real friends are. <laughs> <laughs> Got All right, farewell, everyone. Alexa farewell. <laughs> and that's it. If you made it all the way to the end, thanks for being a real one. Before you click away, please consider going to anchor.fm slash somewhat genius to leave a small donation. This will be instrumental to improvements in episode quality and frequency, and it'll help us get even a studio-type space and start posting video of episodes, which I've heard people really want. Also, please share this episode with your friends or on your socials and leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.